Hello, beautiful people. It is Feel Good Friday, April 8th, 2022. And this sports show shall begin right now. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for joining us here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. A lot going on in the sports world, and we can't wait to chat about it. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to chat with you as well on a five hour energy phone line, 1 833 4 McAfee. Go ahead and ask your questions, give your takes, add to the show on this glorious feel good Friday that we'll see Dana White here. Okay. Yeah, talking about the massive fight this weekend between the Korean zombie and Alexander Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky, yeah. big. Yeah. Time favorite, but uh, the Korean zombie, much better name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yawn is also fighting. He's a super favorite over uh, Alja... Maine. Maine Sterling, mm-hmm. who said that he's going to shock the world. He's like a plus 250 or plus 350 fighter. Uh, we'll talk to Dana about all that. And then Chrissy Chaos comes on. Ooh, okay. Chris Stefano will be here in the third hour. Stand-up comedian from New York, who I did not know of. Until I seen a couple of tweets from him. Then I talked to Tom Segura about him last week. Segura said he likes him. He's in town tonight for a show. I think he could still buy tickets or maybe it's probably sold out. I'm not sure. He's stopping by the studio in the third hour. I know nothing about him. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, can't wait to chat with him. I've heard his energy is fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I enjoy that. Speaking of energy, let's go to the toxic table here at Boston Connor with his fossil man, Greg Raymer. Shades on. You look great, bud. Hey, thanks, Pat. So do you. Yeah, one of my favorites of all time, of course, in the World Series of Poker. You should have won every bracelet probably, but, you know, we'll take one or two. Nah, Phil in the groin, you had oh, yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah, Phil Ivey. Phil Ivey. Circles around that. Whoa. He, he put those eyes on <laughs> Phil Ivey, and Phil Ivey said, excuse me, I just woke up. Get the hell out of my <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah. I am way cooler than you are. I mean, there is so many other poker players that I liked more than Greg Raymer, but we all had our favorite. Yeah, of course. I mean, Rounders, Matt Damon, also a hell of a poker player. And okay, that was that a man script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, that was a script. Yeah. No. Yeah, Texas Dolly wasn't giving him advice on that entire thing. That was a script that didn't actually take place. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, was... the, by the way, the Oreo <clears throat> cooked. I thought it was based on a true story. The Oreo was cooked. What do you mean? Yeah. How so? He knew what the Oreo was going to do whenever yeah. he was pulling on it. Yeah. Uh, it was what? all scripted. No. Yeah, I don't want to fucking break the news, but that movie is scripted. Holy shit! I might take these glasses off. No, no, he wasn't. But no, he he was part of reality. False man. So he didn't really have to pay that man his money. Uh, well, in the script he did, but they knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. That guy, though, yeah. he wanted himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wanted himself with those glasses on. So what I'm saying is, Greg Raymer, hell of a, bo- hell of a poker player. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like him. It does. Thank you. Go, yeah. go, go back to him a little bit. Connor, I could see it. The resemblance is uncanny. Wow. All right, shout out to you, dude. Are you wearing those all day, yeah? Oh, all day, yeah. Zito got them for me. Thank you. Shout out, Zito. He also looks fantastic today. So I figured, you know, it's Feel Good Friday, False Man Friday. You know, why not? Yeah, why not? You look amazing. At Ty Schmidt, baseball happened yesterday. I believe the Yankees are playing today. That's right. The game got pushed against the Red Sox. What happened? Anything big happened in uh, opening day? I see the Pirates lost 9 nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, and then also the guy they paid two days ago before the season started, he got hurt in the first inning. No. That's right. So he got hurt in the first inning, the guy they found 
finally paid the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then they lose 9-0. The fucking Pirates are cursed, and they stink. Sell a team, Bob. Anything else happening in uh, well, baseball yesterday? Outside of the hot start for the Pirates, uh, Shohei Otani did take the bump last night. Let's go! I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Pitched very well. Only pitched like four and two-thirds innings, but he had nine strikeouts, so he's just fuck. He was peppering the black, throwing really hard. He didn't get any hits, and they did lose, which is kind of the issue with Otani. Mm-hmm. They need to get that guy the fuck out of there because they'll ruin his career. He pitched great last night. Doesn't matter. Gets a loss. He doesn't hit well. You know. The so Angels what happens? So, so hold on. So what? What team is that? The Angels. Mm-hmm. Don't they spend money though? Oh yeah. So why do they stink? I thought that was the name of the game in baseball. You spend money, you mm-hmm. win. Why do they spend money and lose? Because this is what Bob Nutting is saying. Bob mm-hmm. Nutting saying, "I don't spend money, we lose." People spend hundreds and hundreds of millions. Mm-hmm. They lose too. So why would I do that? I thought they were a team that went all in. Didn't they sign some big name guys? Yeah, they kind of went all in in a sense, and get, but they get a lot of position players, a lot of a lot of hitters, a lot of guys, stuff like that. Like you need good pitching. They Otani was the first guy they really spent money on. I think it was last year's draft. They drafted all pitchers because their pitching is so goddamn bad. So they're in a very tough division as well. If you don't have good pitching, I mean, you can't rely on Otani to go out there and throw, you know, 400 innings. So. Who do we need to show? Hey, we need him to be a Yankee. He needs to be a Yankee. No, needs to go to Bronx. We need him to be a Yankee. And it looks like there's a good chance, you know, the Yankees aren't going to fucking pay Aaron Judge and he might be gone. So, hey, you know, just kind of replace him. Bring in Otani and then you got another pitcher who's an absolute dog. So we'll see. But yeah. And he's a lefty in that uh, in that short, porch. short porch. Yeah, right. Short yeah. porch. Bingo. That's good news. Bingo. But that was the big news yesterday. It's kind of tough with these early because like you're watching the Cubs game and it's like it's like 40 degrees outside. Yeah. It's so goddamn cold. It's like why are these guys playing baseball already? No one seems to be want to be doing it. But there were some good games. Walk off homer late last night. So oh, we're really beer. Why? 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 So yeah, I mean Yankees <laughs> and uh, Red Sox marquee game. I think that first pitch is at like 140 today. So it should be good baseball all oh, day yeah. today. All right. Well. Can Congrats to the baseball community. Thank you. Baseball. I mean, it kind of got swallowed because of what's going on in the back behind the glass. Nick Marauder's there and Foxy's there. But at Viva Lazito, Zito looks amazing right now. Caddy yeah. Zit, fresh out of Augusta. Go ahead, Ziti. Go oh. ahead, Ziti. Look at the patches. He's got the patches. Wow. This is straight from Augusta. Z, you went shirtless. Z, you look amazing. You should have maybe went shirtless, but it's much colder here than it is in Georgia. Yeah, true. I'm realizing back in Indiana weather here, we got another winter coming. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not even close to being done. Next this week's going to be beautiful. Dude. Yeah, but then I... But then... So yeah. I but guess then it's coming back. Weekend, it goes back down. What the fuck, dude? This I thought the global warming thing was happening. No, I've been lied to. Yeah. It's cold as shit well, out there. Pontiatani waves his wand. Everything like this happens. Oh, yeah, it's you're right. Fault. That rat. Yeah. Indianapolis that. goes from 40 degrees straight to 90. There's no in-between. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. It's the absolute worst. It's like a three season. Yes. Yeah. It's like yep. a three season. It's not four. It's like three seasons almost. But the Masters are happening, and it is electrifying because one man is back on the greens doing his thing just a year a little bit over a year after everybody thought he was going to be paralyzed he even spoke about it a little bit tiger woods said if you would have seen what my legs look like to where they are now and i'm golfing at the masters he's like he's taking it as a win which is not normal because normally he even told his ball yesterday fuck off Mm -hmm. but normally tiger is either win or nothing at all it's almost like he's taking it in which is great for his headspace hopefully he absolutely is dominant yet again today he beat eight of the top 12 mm-hmm. golfers in the world Jeez. in his first day back. 
back. Shout out to Tiger Woods. That's via Kyle Porter yeah, of CBS. Hey, CBS. I don't know if we're allowed to read this tweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Take it off. We don't want Kyle Porter to get fired. He's doing good work. He's finding good stats. Uh, but with more from the Masters, other than just the Tiger information that we know, it is time for season two, episode one <laughs> of T4. <laughs> Tones Tasty Tournament Time! This time, Masters, take it away, Tone. Tell you what, boys. Yesterday, the Masters felt like the Masters again. 2020, it was played in November. What was that? 2021, there wasn't a full hill of patrons at Amen Corner. There was not. But yesterday, when those gates opened, all those patrons walked down Magnolia Lane the pimento cheese was in oh. the air. The egg salad was in the air. Oh. Hell yeah. I feel like I heard a Miller Lite cracking in the Hooters parking lot because JD was signing autographs. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. It was all the way back. Hell yeah. Nance was on the call. Vern was on the call. SVP had his soothing voice there yesterday. And that man, Eldrick Tiger Woods, mm. was yeah. back on the grounds, had a Sunday crew following him all around the course minus one pat minus one which is historically below his average for first round he doesn't normally start very quick at the masters so when tiger's sitting minus one at the masters after Woo! thursday Woo! tell you what that means tiger's gonna be on the prowl on friday yes. and then on moving day on what? saturday man the big cat's gonna be burned okay wow. <laughs> like joe exotic uh, asking ben roth thank you joe <laughs> Joe Exotic's favorite football player, Ben Roethlisberger. We found that out this morning, but let's not get too far off topic here. Let's get back to the big cat. Leader, Sung J.M. Not Barstool Big Cat, who's an incredibly hilarious and intelligent man. We're talking about the big cat that has a golf club in his hand and everybody's scared of him. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Leader after day was Sung J.M., the first South Korean to lead a round uh, ever. I'm sorry about it. There's a tiger alert. Hell yeah. Fun fact about Sung J. Tom Smith from Australia. No. Down under. Down, down under. Dustin Johnson, same top three from 2020 that finished the tournament, except for DJ won. Cam Smith and Sung Jay tied for second uh, in the 2020 Masters. So a little oh. fun fact about the top three there. Whoa. Uh, world number one, Scotty Scheffler's three under. He's up there. You know, some of the normal names are up there. Donnie Berger, Will Zalatoris. Rory's trying to make a run today. There were some disappointing names. Uh, Rom. JT, Brooksy, Jordan Spieth, DeChambeau. They didn't have great starts as far as the big names go. Guess what, though? What? Things are going to get a little tricky here today and tomorrow, okay? The wind gusts are supposed to be 20 to 30 mile an hour. The high today is only 64. The high tomorrow is 58. Wait a minute. That's cold. Wait a minute. Yeah, so it's going to be a little chilly, a little windy. Hopefully Tiger's back holds up in the cold and the wind. But, you know, this is is where we really separate people. We get to Amen Corner, and those winds are swirling. Oh, you it's like to, kicking it Heinz. Yeah. Yeah. Balls in the water. You get to 12 and those pines are, are blocking the wind, but you hit it up over above the pines and, oh, and there you get a gust. And, 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 oh. Then you're in Ray's Creek and who knows what the fuck's going to happen there. No, Ray. you don't want to get down that creek. No. Fucking Ray's Creek is a... That's a tough spot to oh, be. Yeah. It's Take a good leaderboard, though, and we're set up great for the weekend. The only um, concerning thing was that uh, Guido Migliozzi was minus two, and then Connor started talking no. about him yesterday. And uh, I believe he's plus three now, so no. maybe you keep that man and any Italian man's name out of your fucking mouth for how the rest is, of the tournament. How okay? is Guido Migliozzi down if his caddy's smoking cigarettes? I thought, <laughs> what do you mean? How is he plus two? What happened? You happened. What do you mean? I've been... 
pounding the Guido drum for years now. Uh, what do you mean I happened? You. You cursed him. I love Guido. I don't know why you curse think of it the, was me. Fucking curse of the Irish. Goddamn snakes were falling around. The you would be pounding that drum. You keep so it what, up on my like, pound so what happened? How, table. How did Guido's... Uh, you say starting out two under? Yeah, he was t- two under. He's leading the tournament. How did uh, Guido's? Uh... Yeah, how does how does Day go after the two under though? I don't understand how he got plus three. Why did you combine those two words into one word? I, what do you mean? I didn't say anything. What? Hey, look, man. Hey! Hey! Whoa! 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 Guido's day end is what I was gonna ask. Yeah, exactly. You scumbag. That's what I said. How no, you did not. Exactly. Didn't end great. I mean, he is a incredibly good-looking man. So I'm sure his, his day ended well, and he does have a absolute beaut of a caddy. But uh, as far as the scoreboard goes, um, Connor fucked him. God All right. Well, he'll, Guido will bounce back. Today. Yeah, yeah. Guido will bounce back. I feel good about and it. And that's what's going on. Oh, what's it, Chris? That guy? Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Guido's yeah. stuck, dude. Wow. This guy's a golfer. His name is Guido, which is the best name of any golfer ever, not named Tiger. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is a stallion uh-huh. on and off, of course. <laughs> Master of the GTO. We are a big fan. Golf tan and That's Jersey. <laughs> Jeez. Golf tan. What? That's what he does. You see that guy? I don't know if that's true. You yeah, I do. I actually don't hate that. Yeah. Golf tan laundry. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Cabs are here with Jersey Shore, hell of a run. But anyway, shout out to T4, another yeah. great addition. Thank you. Thank, you, Thank you for keeping us caught up there on everything happening on the Masters it's Golf Course. It's good to course. do a T4 when you actually know anything about the tournament that's happening. Here's another episode of T4 ending with zero uh, reference of the women's basketball tournament. Though. Yeah, that's good. Congrats wow. to South Carolina. Yeah. Winning yeah. Wow. Congrats wow. to Leah Boston. Hey, absolutely. They're, In they're, my defense, South Carolina. South Carolina's uh, women's basketball team's defense was locked down. Oh, Connecticut God. only scored like 49 points or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. Thank wow. you. Congrats, ladies. Thank you, congrats. Oh, I'm just trying to uh, be par for the course. Course here, uh, Masters. Oh, Masters, not a, well, not a big fan of the women. I, I don't think so. <laughs> what? Well, the Masters for a long time, not a very inclusive. Well, next place. week's actually the women's Masters. More T four. Another episode of T four. Give me. Um, hey, how how? I'm not diving into it. It's weird though, isn't it? How have they got? Give me Annika Sorenstam to win that. <laughs> the whole. Week. It doesn't make any sense. No. Celebrated everywhere. And everyone's okay with <clears throat> it. Well, not everyone. <laughs> well, Foxy's home course has the same goddamn rules. They've been the same job in Michigan for 20 years, too. I don't think that's true. I'm not, I don't think so. That's but not true. Well. It is very interesting how it just each year. <laughs> Let's move along. Uh, Tom Brady. Uh, great work, Tom. Thank hey, you. Thank you, Tony. Um. Tom Brady owning the Dolphins and playing for the Dolphins as if he was Jackie fucking Moon was allegedly very close to happening. Now, it has been reported now by two different people. There was one report of it uh, by Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio, and we knew that Mike Florio knows people and knows things and talks to agents and talks to teams, and he's been around and covering the NFL and been the landing page for most NFL coaches uh, around the NFL in their offices for like the last 20 years. So Florio knows his 
shit. He was the one that was banging the drum like, hey, Tom Brady was going to be an owner of the Dolphins and play for the Dolphins after he retired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was not supposed to come back to the Bucs. He was supposed to come back to the Dolphins, basically, is what Mike Florio has been reporting. And it hadn't really been chatted about because nobody other than Florio was reporting it. Normally, if Florio reports something or any of these other insiders report anything, the other insiders will follow up with somebody that will get it right, get it confirmed, and then they'll all run with it as if they were told the information as well. Florio was the only one talking about Tom Brady and the Dolphins for a long time. So we had seen it. It had obviously crept into our world because Florio is in our world. We do follow along. So we were looking at it. We didn't really talk about it much. We even asked Ian Rappaport about it. And Rappaport was like, doesn't sound like that could be something that even happens or something like that. Now, we are learning that Ben Volan of the Boston Globe... He's senior NFL insider or reporter for the Boston Globe. He is also reporting that Miami reportedly planned to pursue Sean Payton and had Brady at quarterback too. The plan was scrapped after Brian Flores' lawsuit, which was filed the same day Brady retired. So when Brady retired, he was planning on becoming part owner of the Dolphins and player, as if he was Jackie Moon. That is also coming from front office sports who accrued both of those. So Ben Volan of the Globe, the Globe's a pretty big deal, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a deal. Yeah, that's like super journalism, insider, right? Uh Yeah, old newspaper. Been there for a while. Took down some shady organizations. Goddamn right. I'm talking about the Catholic priest in Boston. Yeah, (laughs) getting a little handsy. Oh, that was that sh- that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spotlight. Spotlight. So the Globe is like OG news. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Legitimate. So, Investigative journalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like somebody, by the way, that whole thing is wild, too. There's it's another thing that just happened and people just kind of, I mean, it's two here, the first two subjects we've talked about today. It's like, <laughs> how, how is that What's just continued to? I mean, you guys. In the world that we live in right now, <laughs> somebody doesn't tip properly, they get canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> somebody tips less than what people expect them to be able to tip to somebody. That gets projected. They get no talked about. But this whole th- Anyways, we'll move along. Mm-hmm. Ben Volan, though, this is a big-time deal if he's reporting this as well. Tom Brady to the Miami. Think about how pumped Giselle had to be, right? Yeah. Miami's like big-time. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. the whole, mm-hmm. like, their whole entire globe. I think he already has a house down there. He's going to be owner of the Dolphins, player coach, owner. Let's go. What an amazing thing to happen. And then the lawsuit probably distracted that. I, I, and, you know, maybe Tom Brady decided, oh, I don't want to go work with this guy that's paying people to lose. And maybe that's what happened. Or maybe they just thought now's not the time for us be able to do this because of the lawsuit that seems to be super serious and might be setting a precedent for the NFL for the future. But it's crazy that that was going to take place. Did Sean Payton retire out of nowhere because he thought he was going to maybe go be part owner of the Dolphins and their head coach? And did Tom Brady retire out of nowhere because he thought he was going to be part owner of the Dolphins and the starting quarterback for the Dolphins? Is that what happened? And now that he's back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you got to think the writing's on the wall. He's going to Miami next year then, right? This is, he's going down there to do the same exact thing as soon as his contract is over, right? Because Bruce Arians said, it's going to take five ones if you want to fucking trade for him. Maybe B.A. had heard the rumblings Mm. that he retired so that he could go down to Miami. He was like, well, that ain't bad business. That's not what we're we're doing there. But I would like to say, great business for Tom Brady if he's going to become a fucking owner of a team to play football. Allegedly... It was just rumor, I, and people know that I know Peyton, so whenever I say this, people think this came from Peyton. I am saying this just strictly as somebody that heard the rumor mill and would never directly ask the Mannings about their business because I don't think that's my role in my relationship with the Mannings at all. Like, hey, uh, is this what's yeah. happening? Allegedly, the Titans were trying to make 
Peyton an owner, and then he would be able to be the quarterback for their team. Mm. That was just something that was being chatted about whenever he was cut from the Indianapolis Colts and a free agent at the time because he was visiting the Titans. Obviously, he went to Tennessee. There is a numerous streets in Tennessee called Manning Way. The amount of kids named Peyton in Tennessee is more than any other state other than maybe Indiana caught up to it because of that. So that was just rumblings. I was like, oh, that would make sense. And that would be awesome if he fucking owned the team and played for the team. And in Nashville with his connections and everything would have been sweet. He ends up at Denver. I think they give him the keys. So maybe that wasn't real at all. I think this would be the first time that would take place. That would be amazing. Fucking good for Tom if that was going to take place. And uh, who knows if that starts becoming a new norm maybe out there. I would assume that offer stays on the table then if this is accurate too, right? I mean, it's not like outside of, who knows, Brady playing terrible this year and then having it be very apparent like, oh, maybe he is done. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like they're going to pull that away. Like they, what, Sean Payton gets golf for a year. Well, and, mm-hmm. and you mentioned it. Like it does kind of make sense when they asked Sean Payton when he retired. He was, you know, they asked him like if if he was done, and he was like, "Well, I'll never say never." You know, I'd look at other opportunities. I don't know what I'm going to do next year. Like he basically, like it didn't. It really it was kind of like Brady's thing. It didn't really f- seem like a full retirement. It just seemed like. That's what he was doing in the moment, and it, it makes a lot more sense now that this almost did happen. Then. Sean Payton walking into his office one day, his phone rang. Talk to me. Oh, agent guy, what's going on? I'm going to get part of the fucking team <laughs> and live in Miami? What's my salary? Oh, I get to decide because I'm the fucking owner? Oh. Yeah, yeah, actually, I'm putting. Let me put a fucking memo. (laughs) I'm retiring. Put a press conference out. It's happening at three o'clock. Like, because his retirement came out of no, like on a Monday. It was like a random Monday, and then he did an hour and ten minute press conference, and it was like, what the fuck just happened? And he never really even used the word retire. It was step step away. away. Uh Step away. Oh, good for them, man. Yeah. That had to be such a cool day for Tom whenever he was presented with, hey, you own a team and play quarterback, and it's Miami where you already have a house and your wife will love it, and there's the beaches, and there's still no state tax and everything. You're cool with that, right? Sound good? Yeah, tell Schefter to fucking put that tweet out right now. (laughs) (laughs) Tell Schefter to put that tweet out that I'm retired. Make me babyface because Schefter forced me into an early Mm -hmm. retirement. Let's go ahead and do this whole thing. I'm not saying that's what took place, but you could see how maybe that being held in front of them would be like, yeah. How much much was the media rights deal you guys just signed for? $110 billion. Oh, that's going down too probably, right, with like Apple coming in and <laughs> Netflix coming in and Google coming in and Amazon already in. That number's not going to go up, right? That's only going to go d- – oh, it's going to oh, double. Gonna, oh. oh, it's going to triple. And that's just half of our profit because the other half, the merch, the stadiums, the sales, everything, oh, that's going to probably go up too because the NFL is now going more global. There's going to be uh, games in, in Germany now and in England, probably in Australia at mm-hmm. some point. I mean, there's going to – Oh, okay, so I get to be a fucking part of that and play and run the team. Yeah, okay. You could see how that would be pretty. Make that work. All right, retire. I'm retiring today. Mm-hmm. Fucking get me yeah. out of here. It seems like that's more and more true. Ben Volan knows his shit. Yeah, he knows his shit. And also, when you just look at like what the Saints did, I don't think Sean Payton would have retired if he knew they were going after Deshaun Watson, unless he had this Miami playing in the back. And it makes sense too because wasn't it reported that Beeflo wouldn't meet on uh, the owner's yacht, Ross's yacht, because. Uh, it was Brady, or he didn't want to do that entire thing and didn't want to have Brady as his quarterback. So as soon as b gets fired, Brady comes back, and then Sean Payton, you know, 
steps away, but turns out Brady's going back to Tampa, unfortunately. This is insanity. It's yeah. awesome. Good for both of them. Yeah. Good for Sean and for Tom. Mm-hmm. Now, backfire to turn like it didn't yeah. work. But Sean golfs for a year. Tom plays mm-hmm. for Tampa for a year, and then we're right Without back. Bruce too. At Bubba Gumpino, how do you feel about this whole thing, man? Dolphins fans got to be sitting here thinking to themselves, "Well, goddamn, at least we tried to really go for it." <laughs> it never ends with the Dolphins. It feels like there's always something fucking floating around. Uh, the the big part of this is if it doesn't go well with Tua. Tom Brady will be the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. Yeah, all season. <laughs> yeah. All se- so instead of like Fitz Magic coming yeah. in with two minutes left, it never instead, ends. Instead, the Dolphins fans are just going to be like, oh, that's all right, two or three, three picks. <laughs> it never yeah. fucking right. ends. Tom Brady's here dude. next year. Yeah, fuck no big deal. Don't worry about it. I mean, Devontae Parker is having the best year he's ever had for the New England Patriots. Yeah, yeah he's 15. Oh, you ever get Gronk next year, too? Okay. Yeah. yeah. If Tom's here. Oh, yeah. He's already got a house in Miami, oh, too. Antonio Brown. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think he likes Miami. With Tyreek Hill. Oh, my. Jalen Waddle. Oh, my. All the guys from Miami that just want to come back home to Miami, you do what you did in Tampa to Miami, it's actual home for all these guys. If it's not Tom, it's Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, you hey, if we win a Super up. Bowl, I, whatever it takes, my friend. What if Gump becomes king of the castle for the next 10 years and this just becomes the new thing? It's possible. It won't happen. McDaniels feels different. He just, he does. McDaniel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. McDaniel, McDaniels. I said his name wrong the day after somebody spelled my name wrong in a tweet, and we talked about the person spelling my name wrong, and then I was calling McDaniel McDaniels. <laughs> like, this guy acts like he's upset when people fuck up his name. He fucks up names all the time. Just wait for this Dana White conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Volkanovsky and the Korean zombie. Mm-hmm. And then Al Jermaine Sterling yep. takes on Peter Yawn. Uh-huh. And then there's... Um, Kamzat Kimiev. Oh, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Oh, Kamzat. Mm-hmm. He's fucking tall, that guy. Oh, yeah. He talks shit. He's a, he's a minus 490 or something to win. He, All the fights are heavy favorites this weekend. He's I think he's finished every single one of his fights in the UFC. He was the guy who fought uh, 10 days apart in Abu Dhabi and knocked out both the guys. So he's the baddest dude. <laughs> yeah, he's bad son of a bitch. He's the guy. Yeah, and he's got the neck beard thing. Yeah, too. he is, and he's just ragdolled. And by the way, UFC sent us these clips. Ooh. He's talking to Dana White here, too. In that clip before. He's he at- shoots. He takes everybody down so... Yeah, boom. Just easily, effortlessly. Where's he from? He's from... Uh, is he... Uh, he's from is where? He, he might be from Khabib? Dagestan, yeah. yeah. Part of the Khabib camp. Hey, don't fucking just accidentally get lost in Dagestan. No. Do not piss anybody off over there. It feels like they are the toughest group of humans of mm-hmm. all time. Just now... In an attic in Ohio, a COVID survivor, a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, AJ Hawk. AJ! How's it going, AJ? Good. So Connor is Raymer, the old uh, poker guy? Yeah, Fossil Man. That's a good, that's some good recall. You know, you remember that dude? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you talking about me or Connor? I'm talking to you. I do remember that dude. He was my least favorite poker player. Oh, come on. Yeah, he was my. Gus Gus Hansen was the best. You remember him? Probably Uh, not. Uh, oh, God. Shaved head. He was amazing. Stone cold. What? <sighs> Negrano, yeah. dude. Daniel Negrano? Yeah. He was a Canadian wonder yeah. there. He always yeah. had good hair dye. Oh, oh, yeah. Always dressed super cool. Phil Ivey was the guy, though. I think he yeah. was like the coolest son of a bitch out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scotty Wen, I think. Scotty Wen. Sure. Uh, Doyle Brunson. Johnny Chan. Phil Helmuth. Chan. There it is. He's in Rounders. <laughs> Eric Seidel. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, there's another guy. Here's another guy. Craig Ferguson. Jesus. Uh, Craig Ferguson. Unabomber, too. Ty Kaczynski. Well, nah, he calls know. himself the Unabomber. I forget his, his actual name. Got the hoodie. Yeah, he's yeah. got like messed up hair. Yeah. 
Ah, whatever. Mike Madison. That, hey, people will never understand that that took over the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. World Series of Poker Huge. took over our world. World Series of Poker is the reason why I ended up in West Virginia. Like, why is that? Because I fucking won a poker game to get enough money to go to the goddamn kicking camp in which I kicked the 65-yard field goal, missed the 70-yard field goal wide right. Next day at school, Tony Gibson from West Virginia walks in, hands me the trophy that I won because I left the competition before it ended because I had a flight, and then offers me a scholarship to West Virginia. Would have never been able to go if it wasn't for the poker game that was in the basement of that awesome Paisano restaurant. It was straight oh, yeah. out of a fucking movie. But the reason why I went to it to begin with is because we all played all the time. And I was a pretty good poker player. I get good cards and I knew the gamesmanship. You know, I knew the, the gamesmanship for it. I wasn't scared to wait one out, but I'm also not too dumb to hold on hope too. Mm-hmm. I felt pretty good like I was in poker world and it's all because the World Series of Poker kind of took over the entire globe there for a bit. Yeah, thank you, Chris Moneymaker, right? He's the one that started it all. What yeah, do you want? Moneymaker won like $7 million or something, and everybody was like, oh, my God, that working class, out of shape dude <laughs> can win $7 million just by sitting and playing with two cards in front of him. Let's all figure out how the hell to do that ASAP. You guys, I'd assume your community, much like our community, there was games like every night at random guys' garages and basements, and it was like quarter uh, uh, 50-cent annies and everything like that. I mean, yeah, I was, we were in it all the way. We put we we bought. They had a poker table. They sold at Dicks, and myself, Nick Mango, and my other roommate, we went together and bought it and put it in our dining room in our college house. We played all the time. Oh, that's amazing. We uh, had the chips, all of it. Yeah, it was awesome. My dining room table when I got to the Colts poker table on top. You lift that up, craps table underneath. Ooh, nice. Yeah, people wondered what I was up to in my off time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen, we got a full craps table here. Like, you want to run a little boiler room operation? If you ever saw that movie, hopefully. Well, the house uh, didn't always win. You know, I found that interesting. It's bullshit. What the fuck is the deal? How come these die are a lot more lenient to the customers here than they are at every casino I've ever walked through in my entire life? Those were some long nights back in the day, fun times. Shout out to Fossil Man, Greg Raymer. Um, AJ, just a quick update. The Masters is happening, and I don't know if you saw in hour one, we had another edition, season two, episode one, and T4. This one, a Masters edition, and Tone Diggs ran through everything. Would you like another version of that? Would you like episode two of season two? I absolutely need to see it because I saw the clip online and I didn't get a chance to, to watch it before I came on. So I was, I, I was, I'm not joking. I was very excited when I saw Tone had like three and a half minutes or something. Yes, it was a long one. And by the way, I'm looking at the turnover of the people that watch the show. Normally about 41 minutes or 30 some minutes to 41 minutes. Oh, yeah. That, so that means everybody's watching currently has not gotten a chance to see season two of T4 just yet. Oh, yeah. Well, don't you worry. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for season Season two, episode two of T4. Ladies and gentlemen, Tones Tasty Tournament Time! Hey, baby Tone, take it away. Tell you what, Pat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Listen, remember, don't mail it in. This is somebody's first time season, uh, seeing season right. two. Well, as you it's always say. It's AJ all- hasn't seen season two yet. Don't fucking mail it in. Over as there, you Cowboy. say with your stand-up comedy, it's always awesome to do the same thing back-to-back. 2020 was not really the Masters. It was in November. (laughs) It was cold. The the azaleas weren't even in bloom. It was 2020. Yeah. Yeah. No Guido. Shout out out to DJ for winning that, though. I don't think Guido was in the Masters. 2021, it was... uh, We were back at least to the same time frame, but... You know, the, the hills weren't full of patrons. Yups. You know, so there's no yups. Except for... Yeah, he was there. It just, just didn't feel right. 
You were one of the ups walking around, weren't you? No, I was not in November. I went to the one where there was like Yeah, last year. I mean, pay attention to T4. Fucking listen. Hey, come on, listen to T4, dude. He's This is his third time doing it. Jesus Christ. 2022 really feels like we are officially back. You can smell the pimento cheese in the air. Delicious. The egg salad sandwiches. Champion egg sandwiches. Champion egg salad sandwiches. The patrons are walking down Magnolia Lane. Because they're not allowed to run. It is a fine if you run on the golf course. What? How uh, much? What? How much of a fine do we know? 5,000 euros. Um, Jeez. John wow. Daly signing boobs in the Hooters parking lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. back. It's yeah. 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 You get the soothing sounds of the birds in the Augusta theme song. And, <laughs> and Jim Nance is on a higher horse than everyone in who's ever been on a high horse in their entire lives. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. <laughs> I'm lower status than me. Stick up my ass. <laughs> no! Oh, Tony! Tony! Jim Nance around here. Edit that out of fucking season two, yeah. episode two. <laughs> Dump it. Jeez Louise. But Thank you, Fox. Tiger is all the way back. Had one of his <laughs> best first rounds of all time. He tees off at 141 today. Yeah. Is that good news? I don't know because the winds are swirling right now. There oh, is, how? There, there is not a lot of people putting up low numbers right now. Sung J M mm. was the leader at five under yesterday, followed by Cam Dustin Jewett. <laughs> Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, and Com, Com Smith from, from Australia. Um, right now, Com Smith is the leader at four under. He hasn't even teed off wow. yet. Wow. Jay's all the way back to three. Oh, he's already plus two on the day. Uh, yeah. yeah. How many holes? DJ's all the way back to two. They're on their back nine. Oh, my God. The wind is causing issues. So you're going to look at, at, at players that are normally good in the wind. A lot of, you know. A lot of Irish players. Of course. playing in the wind. A lot of the English, the Welsh players. Guys that have grown up playing in the wind. Um, Not guys like like Bryson, who played terrible yesterday. Jordo didn't play great yesterday. Uh, Kepka did not play great yesterday. Brooksy? Brooksy did not. He just just wasn't there. Um, And like I said, the wind will stick around for tomorrow for moving day. How's Uh, Tiger doing a wind? Tiger, I mean, he's going to hit the Tiger. Hits that low stinger. He does well. Yeah, lights out. He still got the stinger? Is that a... We're going to see in about 30 minutes. He he came out of the womb hitting the stinger. Hold on, the stinger, not as far back, not as far up, right? He's probably able to hit the stinger. Sawed off fucking shotgun is what it is. Well, Foxy, what are you... Uh, It's a lot of impact. You're slamming the ground to keep that ball low. I'm a little nervous about that. Foxy played high school golf, grew up on a golf course. Yeah, same rules as Augusta. Are you southpaw in golf too, Foxy? No. Only when I shoot, I shoot lefty. That's it. Everything else right-handed. How's uh, William Horschel doing? Billy Horschel is not. He's gonna kill it. somebody. Oh yeah, it's right too there. bad to see Billy Horschel's fucking choking again, and he's not gonna make the cut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boo! Hey, no you, Billy so Horschel this weekend. Well, I told these guys the earlier. Group. Listen, I never had an issue with Billy Horschel. I probably tweeted one weekend like, "Hey, this asshole needs to pick up the pace of play" or something like that. <laughs> he blocked my ass about three years ago. So fuck Billy Horschel. I hope he never makes a cut again. Yeah, I didn't know I, that. I, sorry, I almost cut that off. Hey, I found, I, that out, I found that out this morning. I was really excited. That's why I asked Diggs about William Morrison yeah. there, just to see what Ty would say. Because I didn't know how Ty was going to say this on the show. I, I'm surprised you did go the most aggressive. Yeah. You threw the middle finger fastball right I there at Billy Horschel. I, I think bygones will be bygones eventually, but you were about to say something about old William there. He's well, little, no, I was, I'm watching him earlier, and I'm like, man, what a bad day to, to – 
that you don't like play your best golf because he was a featured group. So on the featured group, they're streaming on ESPN Plus. They can't cut away. They have to show all their shots. So you're watching Billy just lose his mind, oh, yeah, especially on the front nine. I was like, this dude, he may break every club in his bag by the end of this round. Hey, listen, Billy, not everybody feels the way Ty does no. at this show, okay? I like Billy. I like Billy, too. I don't know anything about him. I, this all I, Watch him way, for one round. You ain't going to fucking like him. To know him is to not like him. Jeez. What? Wow. You know him? Jeez. Shout out Mark Madden. Jesus. That is a Mark Madden <laughs> quote there. Um, when we play at Tahoe, are they going to show every one of our shots? How's this work? Like, uh, no. There's cameras everywhere. But, I mean, they, they show stuff live. There's, every day they, they show certain stuff on TV, but usually it's people that are close to the lead. They're showing a lot of their shots. I've been hitting the putting green upstairs. Yeah. Cool. Dialed in, yeah. too. You drain, hey, if you drain some putts, they'll absolutely show those on TV. Okay, so I'm going to need a lot yeah. of... Uh, a lot of booze and weed out there. Well, that's when the flat stick really starts. <laughs> yeah. Legal state. I think you'll be all right. I okay. think you'll be okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. No weed, yeah. by the way. I don't want to disrespect no. Lake Tahoe like that. Just, no, it's uh, legal. No, no, but I'm just, I'm professional, obviously. I'm very yeah, thankful. Do they here. allow a healthy amount of boozing on the course, AJ? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. There's really? no rules. I mean, I, I don't. That's a dangerous I don't know thing if you to have say. to like. Yeah, they're not making rules. They're not no saying, rules. "Hey, keep it, keep it tight out there, boys." I'm not coming to ruin the whole party, but I will find out what is available, what isn't available. I see a couple out. beer bongs, right? A couple beer bongs down. I, the- I played with uh, Oshi when on the 17th green. He put he went to the crowd, put a beer helmet on. And he drained like an eighty foot putt with two of the beers going in his mouth. Like Hell yeah. straw That's why mouth. he's an American here. I got you, right. Thank you, TJ Yoshi. Love you, <laughs> TJ Yoshi. I did want to yeah. shout out before we. There is one guy who's on the course right now, and he's going low. T four's over. T four has been over, hasn't it? It has been over. I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't hear. It's the never end. over. I didn't when he put the fu- he fucking killed William Horschel. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear the end credits. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't expect that. No, this is post credits. This is good. This is like the Jackie Chan stuff after the movie's already over. What Encore. Encore. Okay. Charles Swartzel, the South African brew. <laughs> he is going low today. He's now currently in second and three under because he knows, and he grew up as a boy, when the wind comes off the Cape of Good Hope down in South Africa, bro. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who knows how to deal with wind and great white sharks on a lot of adversity. Okay. Former Masters champion. Shout out Charles Wilson. Hey, shout out Charles. Congrats to T4 her. as well. Joining us now is a man who is the face of the fight game, a guy who has completely turned the presentation of mixed martial arts around from what it once was to what it is now. A global sensation, a global phenomenon. This weekend, UFC 273, headlined by Alexander Volkanovsky in the Korean Zombie. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the UFC and host of Fuck It Fridays, Dana Wayne. What's up, man? What's up, boys? How are you? Hey, not too bad. How are you? You look like you're in a really nice place. This isn't your normal call-in. Where are you right now? Yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I'm in a hotel room in Jacksonville. Oh, nice. How's it going? Really nice. You got the upper suite. You got the presidential suite up there. Yeah, the the elevator actually comes to my floor. <laughs> It's nice. It's a cool place. Well, you deserved it. You've earned it. Jacksonville was that the first one with fans post COVID as well? That's why we've been back to Jacksonville so much. I'm. Super loyal to these guys, uh, you know, for what they did for, for me during the uh, pandemic. 
It feels like the fans down there are big time, and this weekend's fight lineup is awesome. Obviously, we just talked about Volkanovski and the Korean Zombie. So we try to look up the Korean Zombie's name. That, that's Google has it as the Korean Zombie. So <laughs> that's <it's>, awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, what do you expect out of that fight, Dana? His name is uh, Chan Sung Jung. Is his name? Okay. That's the real his real name. But I love that it's he's got it as a Korean. Is, tell me, that's not the greatest fight nickname of all time. <laughs> Uh, I think so. What do you see out of this fight happening? And there's a lot of super favorites this weekend, Dana. Like, I think we're all excited because it feels like there's going to be a lot of finished fights. Minus 490. I think Peter Yawn is at like minus 350. And then uh, Kamzat Kimiev. Kamzat Kimiev is at like minus 490. There's going to be some explosive shit this weekend in Jacksonville, huh? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, normally when you see the lines on a, on a UFC fight, and you know how this goes. Anything can happen in a fight. I mean, for the Korean zombie... To be that big of an underdog, that's crazy. He's got knockout power in both hands. His submission game is awesome. Um, and he's a guy who presses forward, has obviously, you know, with the nickname, has an incredible chin. But I think people are, people are finally starting to give Volkanovsky the, the respect he deserves. This guy hasn't lost. He's on a 20-fight win streak. I mean, you know, so uh, he's beat some of the best guys in the world. He's the world champion. And uh, the odds makers are showing him respect. Yeah, Volkanovski, he also has a great personality. I feel like he's a good talker, too. Like, he's he's a fun dude. But I wanted to ask you about the Gilbert Burns and the Kamzat fight. Uh, a lot of people are talking about that. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, that fight is huge. It's funny because if you look at how stacked this card is and how many great fights there are, and the main and the co-main are awesome, that fight is outperforming uh, the main and the co-main by, by seven or eight times on, on social media and everything else. So Hamzat Jemayev is a guy that people are very excited about. People want to know if he's for real. He's taken on the number two welterweight in the world again. And a guy like Gilbert Burns, who has knockout power in both hands, unbelievable ground game, and people feel like he's that big of an underdog to, to, to Hamzat. So th this card is so badass and so fun. I've been so pumped for this card all week. Hey, we're pumped for it as well. I can't wait to watch. It's going to be, uh, you know, golf. And then people knocking the fuck out of each other. I mean, it's like a great Saturday coming up for every single sports center. Kamzat, though, let's talk about He's 10-0, and he shit talks in the middle of his fights. I think in Abu Dhabi, there was like a 10-day separation between one fight and the next, and he ended absolutely both of them. When you see somebody like that, you have to get so excited because he's young, feels like he's got a lot of fights left, and he understands everything about it. This weekend, massive weekend for him professionally, in your eyes with you, are you sending him right to the Are you putting a rocket ship on that fucking guy if he wins this weekend there's been a rocket ship on him since his first fight at, at, at fight island yeah he fought in fight island he, he screamed to me i want to fight again next week i grabbed the matchmakers and said let's do this uh and and the guy has been special ever since uh you know people are fascinated with this guy but this weekend we'll tell the story i mean for for again to, to be that big of a favorite over Gilbert Burns, who's the number two ranked guy in the world and who's fought everybody. And I just saw an interview with Gilbert Burns and where Gilbert said, guess what? I was that dude two years ago. I believed I was unbeatable. I believed nobody could beat me. And people believed that I couldn't be beat. But, but we can all lose a fight, you know, on any given day. So it's going to be a fun one. Hey, what do you think separates the good fighters from the great fighters? What do you think it is, other than obviously skill? Is there some sort of mental aptitude that you've met from some of these guys that are at the top that you think separates them from everybody else? Yeah, I mean, when, when, when I first met, like, the, uh, the, the, the Ronda Rouseys and the, the Conor McGregors and 
even Chuck Liddell back in the day, um, and, and Juliana Pena, who's the champ right now, these people walk right up to me and get in my face and they tell me what's going to happen and how this is going to work out. And, you know, it, it, it's a fascinating thing when you meet a fighter who is extremely confident uh, and believes uh, that they're going to be a world champion someday and that they're going to be in the top five in the UFC. And it's almost like they manifest this in it. And it, everything they tell me ends up coming true. How many people come up to you and say it, and then like uh, a couple minutes later, you're watching them get knocked out on the canvas? Well, yeah. well I wouldn't say that, that, that other people come say it to me. There's people that we've looked at and said, ooh, this could be the next big guy. Uh, big, uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember. I was with, uh, I was with President Trump when, when he was president. He came to the fight. We're in the back. And I'm like, hey, Mr. President, this, this, this guy right here. This guy right here is going to be the guy. And we sat there and watched him get his ass whooped. <laughs> I can't remember. And, and he still busts right? my balls about that till to today. Yeah, he still brings that up and talks about it. Yeah, it's probably because whenever he was talking to somebody later that night, he, he said, you know, my sources are telling me this guy. <laughs> yeah. you know, no, no, no. It was while he was there with me. We sat there and watched oh, okay. him get uh, his ass whooped. Oh, that's awesome. Hold that over your head for the rest of your life. Go ahead, Ty. Dan, it seemed like, like maybe seven Seven to ten years ago, there was always like the Fourth of July card was massive. Then the year end one, and then the the Super Bowl weekend card. Do you still like? Are you looking in advance to like some of these key dates, or has it gotten to the point where there are so many good fighters that you guys have that you know, kind of every month and every card you have, it doesn't really matter. Like, are there still dates that you like? Okay, this has got to be the best show of the year. Yeah, no, that's a great question because every time we do, I'm like, oh man, this this show is unbelievable. This card is this and that. I, I don't know how, but we usually end up beating it and we're like, oh my God, this is the card that I literally just had somebody reach out to me talking about this card this weekend. And I said, wait till you see the lineup that we have for this summer. I mean, this, this summer is, is, is bad ass. As long as you knock on some wood here, everybody stays healthy and you know, everything goes well. We got a badass lineup this summer. We were talking to Vince McMahon, and Vince says, you know, he never looks back. What am I even thinking about looking back? I'll obviously take what I learned, but I'm looking forward. At what point after a card, like uh, Saturday night, early Sunday morning, do you and your team meet about the expectations of what that card was and move forward? Or is it, hey, we just got to learn from this and try to take either with the good from this and go next or the bad from this and go next? Do you have like a weekly meeting to talk about the fight before, the night before? Yeah, that's exactly how it goes. Once the show is behind you, you're, you're only looking forward. And uh, we get together on Tuesday because, you know, most of the time people are traveling and Monday you got to catch up with shit that you didn't get done last week. So Tuesday is the big matchmaking meeting every week. We get into a room and the people that shined on Saturday night, we figure out what their trajectory is going to be and what's next for them. Now, I want to go back to the Donald Trump thing. When you had, you had him come to the fights when he was still sitting president, how was that? Like, was the security, everything before? Do you all have to get crazy background checks? Like, what was the process like? Yeah, they, they, you know, they, they did some, some background checks, but, but Trump's a gangster. Trump, Trump never, uh, you know, they didn't want him sitting on the floor. They wanted him in a box. They didn't want him in. He walked right out of that tunnel and walked right through that arena. Let me tell you what. Ask anybody who was there that night in New York when he came that was at that event. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've never been to an event like that ever. When he walked out of that tunnel, that place went nuts, man. Everybody was standing on their chairs. Everybody had their phones on. And it was, 
It, w- it was an incredible moment I in su- my career. I assume he tells the story too, and then he he always ends it with, and Dana had knew didn't know fucking shit about any of the fucking. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, when hey on the intros and on the entrances, how much time do you guys focus on that? Is there rehearsal for that, or is that just kind of an afterthought? Like hey, let's come out into the whatever music and just kind of throw it away. We rehearse like crazy. We rehearse those like we've never put an event on in our life. Uh, I'm very uh, very meticulous about. Not That's only a big the, deal, Dana. The entrance a is a big deal. It's, it's the biggest deal. It's the biggest deal. There's there's three things leading up to the fight. You got the weigh-ins and the face-offs, right? You got the fighters walking out of the tunnel, and you got the fight. Those are those are the three things. So, yes, we, we, they're very important, and and we we practice them like we've never done it before. Uh, I'm very uh, <clears throat> crazy about how. It looks on TV when you're home watching it, and I'm even crazier about how it looks live when you're there. And you actually flew there, spent money, bought tickets, and paid for hotel rooms. Yeah, so. you you talking about the people in the arena and how important they are to your entire business was kind of, not kind of cool, it was pretty cool just because I feel like you appreciate and respect the live event which not a lot, some people forget about, but the people that are there, they're a massive part of the show as well. And if you fucking, you know, feed them, it's only going to make it for a better viewing experience on TV. So if you're, if you stay home on Saturday night and watch them, you literally walk over to your couch, push a button and turn it on. You come to my live event, you got to fly there, get a hotel room, get to the arena, go to your seats. The, 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 The people who come to the event, are, are, are the most important thing. And, and my thing too is when you see a live event, like it's great on TV. It's one of those sports that's incredible on TV, but it's even better live. Nobody walks out of a live event and says, yeah, I don't ever want to come to one of these again. <laughs> it was like a gladiator. I think my first one was in Baltimore. John Jones was fighting somebody. He was just like fucking with him all night. But that that's arena is shit. I mean, it's a bad arena. <laughs> but it almost like added to the environment of the gladiator feel. We're sitting on top of the cage. It was like, this is one of the most electric things of all time. John wins. I get hammered drunk afterwards. It was a absolute blast. Couple more. Well, you know what? Speaking of that, you know, you know what's pretty cool right now is that Sports sports has been on fire for the last fucking 40 years, right? The sports business has just continued to go like this. Now, there's so many different sports, concerts, all these things that are going on. Arenas are popping up everywhere. And and, and these are like state-of-the-art arenas. I mean, yeah. just in Vegas alone, they're, 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 they're built, they just built, uh, you know, the stadium. You, you, you got uh, the uh, T-Mobile, and now they're building the Sphere, which is the 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 the, uh, the basketball uh, Madison Square Garden group and, and and somebody else is building an arena so there's going to be all these options for these badass arenas and they just keep getting better and better and they're just going to create more of a, a better live experience. How do you pick and choose where to go? I assume there's a lot of lobbying to you to have you bring the UFC to their arena. Are you clear in every single state at this point or no? Yeah 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 we're we're, we're clear everywhere in the world. Um, so. Uh, yeah, as these arenas keep keep popping up, we will uh, we will start cutting better and better deals. I could imagine these people coming. Hey, come to Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what do you say? We got a good fucking arena here. <laughs> He's talking to Dana White, president of the UFC. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Dana. The Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal fight was pretty electric. Do you think there will be another one of those going forward, or will Colby get another shot at the belt? Oh, oh. I think. Oh. Oh, whoa, whoa, you didn't want to answer that. That's it. That I, think, I think that if Hamzat Chemaev wins this weekend, 
we see him and Colby Covington next. Is that breaking oh, news? That breaking news right shit. there? Yeah, that's why I paused for... <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh. Hey, thanks for blessing us oh, with yeah. that. Thank you for blessing us with that. We appreciate that. Uh, great fucking question. Oh, yeah. so, so, so I have a fight coming up on ABC. And in a perfect Ooh. world, if everything plays out right, I would love to do, you know, Hamzat versus Colby if Hamzat should win on Saturday night. Okay. How do you feel about all the um, out-of-the-ring stuff, out-of-the-octagon stuff that went on with Colby and Jorge? Obviously, the media is going to report it as, uh, you know, a bad thing, and it is. They should, everybody should take care of each other. You can't be fighting in public. There's a reason you fight privately. But you talked about it. When you get two people that actually genuinely hate each other, normally the buildup is pretty solid there. I don't know if they're ever going to settle it. Well, I say this all the time. Listen, man, first of all, in no way, shape, or form do I ever condone violence and people, you know, my guys fighting each other in the streets and, and shit like that. But on the flip side, when you're dealing with a guy like Jorge Masvidal and you start talking about his family, all these fighters, it's like, listen, say what you want to say about me or you hate me, you think I'm ugly, you think I'm stupid, whatever my thing is. But when you start talking about people's families... It goes to a whole nother level, man. You, 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 you talk about people's families and you're walking out of a restaurant, you better be ready for a guy like Jorge Masvidal to run up on you. Dana, it's I, it. I, I mean, is anybody shocked that he talked he, he talk shit about his kids and his wife and you think that he's not going to do that? Of course he's going to do that. It's very interesting, though, because in the MMA business, there's so much respect. I think that is, as somebody that never, I was never into any mixed martial arts, any of them. I had friends that were in it, but I never got, I never understood how you could want to fight somebody and then immediately afterwards have the utmost respect. And they're like, how could you not have the utmost respect for a person that you just want in there and want to battle against, basically? It's a, it's a big time respect business. And I think that's why it was so startling what happened in the street just a couple weeks ago. Well, you got to understand, these guys, these guys were actually friends and training partners so they know intimate details about each other about each other's lives about each other's families and uh you know it's there's there's something that's called fucking man code man yes and 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 a lot of these young goofy fucking dudes these days don't know about it but they need to learn about it hey the world's changing but the one thing that can remain the same is the ufc is a rocket ship and it's because of your guidance man we appreciate the hell out of you Thank you. Appreciate it, boys. Have a great day. Hey, how about you breaking news right here, too? That's fucking here big. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, we feel like we're big time all of a sudden, Dan. <laughs> Thank you for... You, hey, look in your bank account. You know you're big time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, President of the UFC, Dana Wyatt. Yeah! And we are joined in person with an electrifying comedian, the host of the Chrissy Chaos podcast, the Hey Babe podcast. He's live in Indianapolis tonight, in Denver tomorrow. Go buy tickets at chrisdcomedy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris DeStefano. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We finally did it. We made it. I appreciate you guys having me. AJ, I got the headphones on because I want to hear your voice. They said I could only hear your voice through the headphones, and I just, um, let me hear that voice. Chris, hey, Chris, it's great to have a, a real Italian in studio. So, oh, this whoa, guy, shut whoa, the fuck up. Hey, AJ, you need to relax, okay? Turn the disrespect. Hey, the Julia. Well, here, let let yeah. me tell you something. The last name is DeStefano, right? You were talking about Ancestry.com. I did my Ancestry.com, found out I'm 98% German. Whoops. So I had no idea. And then, uh, yeah, that's a big one. That's, you know, 
We have the history. That's, in the past. Um, yeah. that's a big one. So I was like, well, somebody's lying. And nobody in my family will tell me because everyone's like, my dad's, you know, Tony DiStefano. They called him Tony Balls in the streets. Oh, and then my yeah, mother's really white really with balls. red hair. I'm like, was I adopted by fucking Nazis? What's going on? <laughs> what are you hiding me from? And and uh, But that's what I am. So, you know. Hey, well, Paisano, you look fantastic. <laughs> uh-huh. I appreciate it, buddy. I appreciate it, man. I feel good. I like Indianapolis. I You asked me to come on the show late yesterday, which I appreciate. I flew to Cincinnati. Then I drove here two hours. No way. I swear to God, dude, in a Chevy Equinox because I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> and, uh, all, all to get in here because here's the truth, okay? I'm sorry to be here, but here's the truth, folks, is I, I've been on a, a comedy tour and tickets have been going well and then I ran into a brick fucking wall with ticket sales and that wall is called Indianapolis. No way. Buddy, I would have canceled the show. If you didn't let me come on, Today, I was going to cancel. I was going to say I have COVID. I had body aches and I couldn't smell until 6 p.m. yesterday. Until you DM me, I said, oh, my God, I feel like a million bucks. Get me on the Delta Comfort middle seat. That's all they had left. Uh, Well, I'm happy you don't have COVID anymore. Well, who knows? I mean, I might. Indianapolis is very lucky that you came, man. Thank you for coming. With that being said, I had never met you before. I did not know you before. I had learned. You along with many people. No, no, no. But I'm happy I did, by the way. You're electrifying, sir. You really are. And in the comedy world there's so many different styles right there's the yeah. miserable people mm-hmm. there's the deep thinking people there's the weird people the electricity comedians yes. i enjoy immensely so i'm thankful yeah. that i'm getting to know you well listen man th- th- you know listen my nickname i call myself chrissy in the closet till my dad dies that's where the electricity comes from is i'm fucking in the closet until my dad passes away because i got i pushed i got big triceps because i pushed down the gay all day and i think that's where my comedy comes from okay. is because it's just you know what i mean shout out gay i love gay people AJ, uh, you know, everybody's gay. <laughs> I'm going to tell my kids I met Leah Thomas. I Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. Jesus. I'm oh, kidding, no. AJ. Dude, dude, oh, you know what I'm kidding. Now, Reddy is he's red as the fucking bookshelf. Yeah, right yeah, I, no, 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 no. I thought I'm he was pointing to Connor. No, uh, yes, that's what I was. Because nah, I, I saw you. I saw. Here's the thing. Uh, it's nice. It's okay when a joke bombs because AJ's not in the building. Because if he was in the building, I wouldn't have said that. I would have tucked my dick in between my legs. And just All right. Exactly. I would have just, I would have right. Buffalo Bill. How old are you? How old are you? 37 years old, American. Okay. 37 American. How about your Euro? 38? I'm I'm 38 Euro. Yeah. Um, I get, yeah. Yeah. 97 Russian. (laughs) When did you know uh, comedy was going to be your thing? Have you always done stand-up? When did you get into this? No, so you ready for this? So I was a physical therapist, right? I went to school. I became a, I got my doctorate degree in physical therapy somehow. Um, You're a doctor? I mean, a doctorate in physical. I can massage your elbow. You know what I mean? I'm not like a real doctor. It's like I don't know anything Bro, about like, Doctor De Stefano, right now. Technically, yeah. yes. I have hey, a the German doctor. Uh oh. No. So um, I, I, uh, yeah, I was a doctorate. Got my doctorate degree in physical therapy, and then I started doing comedy. I was a pediatric physical therapist, like mentally and physically uh, handicapped kids, and then I started doing stand up at night. I went to this place called the Maui Taco in New York City and I did an open mic there and then I just got hooked and then it got to the point uh, about three years into comedy where I, it just, I was burning the candle at both ends and then I got on the show called Guy Code uh, which was a huge show on MTV like you know uh, MTV2 for like college kids and I was working with you know, like I said, mentally handicapped children. So I was on show, I was on guy code at night and then doing uh, physical therapy during the day. And the thing is with a lot of mentally handicapped children, their uh, mothers are young. Cause a lot of people think, oh, when you have a, a kid with a disability, it's like an old, old mom and that's true, but also young moms, very, very young moms, pr- not the proper prenatal care and all this and that. So 
these moms, like 18, 19 year old moms, were knew me from Geico. <laughs> so the principal of the school was like, listen, I watched the show and it's just a conflict. You can't be a physical therapy to children at night and then Geico to hiding your boner on the show. <laughs> you can't do that. So she made me choose. And then I chose uh, to do comedy. And I haven't looked back since. That was in 2013. So, uh, and now finally, after the last, you know, I've been doing this, whatever, nine years now. Uh, just over the last year and a half when I decided to go on the internet, do podcasting, put my career in the hands of my fans, not some corporation, did my whole life change. Besides yeah, Indianapolis tonight. So. No, no, no. They'll come together tonight. Yeah. They'll come together tonight. But last week when we were talking to Tom Segura, you know, yeah. Tom Segura is up there in the upper echelon of comedians all the time. Number one. And I asked him, uh, he, I said, what about the future of comedy? And he l listed off like four or five names. You were one of them. Wow. So like, I think yeah. like, I think you're yeah. the principal like kind of fucking bullied you a little bit uh -huh. right into right in. uh, your calling, man. So congratulations. Right. Go ahead, AJ. Chris, I, uh, I I got to see you on the Wendy Williams show a couple months back. I thought it was awesome, by the way. <laughs> I loved everything about it. Like, how did you get there, man? Is that the pinnacle of, of your career? <laughs> What's this guy all about? AJ. I didn't see Listen, it, but I'm assuming this was talking. AJ, toxic. here's the thing. Let me, tell you, let me tell you guys something about the Wendy Williams show. I created a, a bit that I was doing. I like to do bits. I'm Chrissy Bits. <laughs> big so I, bit guy. A bit, big bit guy. That's why I was doing the bit with you, tweeting out, uh, you know. Well, I've I, seen I, your bit. Yeah, yeah. I tweeted out. I was, like, I was like, due to my comments about NFL punters, I'm no longer wanted. They're like, my fans are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I'm on crack. So, <laughs> so what happened was, AJ. What did you say about NFL? Nah, no, no, we're in the middle of a good thing. No, so 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 with Wendy, with the Wendy Williams show, is I created this character that I do called Chrissy Daytimes, where I just go on these daytime talk shows and purposely try to bomb on the shows because you can go on those shows and then oh, the things that get, are you doing? I'm happy you're not doing that today. Bro. No, dude, because this is a real show. But like you go on that show, <laughs> the things that get applause breaks are like you know when they you know some comedian comes on and makes like a point about politics and diversity. It's like shut the fuck up. We're here to do comedy, <laughs> so I take big swings and do the jokes, but those never land on daytime TV because it's like stepmoms and like housewives. They're like, what is he saying? So I just go on those shows. And you know you're going to ball. Oh, dude. Chrissy Daytime knows he's walking right <laughs> into a food Sitting in it on the Wendy Williams show, just eating it. And then I ate it on the Nick Cannon show. No. But, but the beautiful thing is guys like Segura, guys that I respect, you know, Kamit, Burt Kreischer, all these guys, they'll tweet me or text me like, dude, great Jim Norton. They're like, great Chrissy, Chrissy Daytimes. That's my favorite because I'm just... <laughs> Because I'm trying to do real comedy, and that's like not like nowadays you'll get a comic that comes out and they want to make a political point, and I'm like, this is not like I notice sometimes in my peers they'll like get applause breaks on like no joke on a point that would make my fucking skin crawl. I'm like, this isn't a TED talk. Hey, there's I'm not a politician. I want to do comedy. Hey, there's a real purpose for comedians though. Like I, I think society needs comedians, and I think there for a bit all comedians were doing the same exact thing. Every comedian was doing no. the same exact thing, and it almost got to a point where I feel like. It was Chappelle and Burr yeah. whenever they did their Netflix specials and they were like, all right, we will go out here and we will set, yeah. I don't want to say set the tone, but it almost feels like they gave an okay to every other comedian. Like, hey, you're allowed to go out there and still do what you got to do. Is there any nights you're scared to death about what you're going to say ever? To be honest with you, not anymore. Only because of, of putting the career in the hands of my fans. Like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not beholden to like Colgate toothpaste on some TV show. I don't care. So it's like one of those things with my Patreon, patreon.com slash Christy Comedy. Hey, good plug uh, right that, there. Thank you, Follow me on the show sheets. So I um I put my career in the hands of my fans. So it's like 
Listen, if I make a joke that's cancelable, a joke, by a the way. joke. That's what I'm saying. You would, my fans would know it's a joke. Some corporation would be like, "Oh, you can't say that because of whatever bullshit woke politics they want to get into." That's I'm I'm coming from the heart. Like in my opinion, you can't be funny and hateful. Like there was no way Hitler was funny. You know what I mean? Because he's too hateful. <laughs> but it's like every comedian you see, they're making jokes. They're getting canceled for things that were funny. Listen, sometimes we miss, but it's like you have to have some section of society that's willing to step up to the line or cross it. So I feel like that's my job. Now, anything I say is in the line of comedy. I'm just making a joke, you know, like, cause I feel what's happened is, is over the last few years and it's happened like right in front of our eyes is, you know, it used to be actions speak louder than words. That's all we would ever hear. That's all my mother would say, Christopher, your actions speak louder than your words. <laughs> but now all of a sudden it's words speak louder than actions. It doesn't matter what your actions are. You say one wrong word yeah. and you're going to take my life away. It's like, dude, they tried to cancel Kevin Hart. Remember a couple of years yeah, ago because yeah, hosting Oscars. The, the Oscars because of a homophobic tweet. I was yep. like, you think Kevin Hart's a homophobe? Dude, he was the lead of the movie Jumanji. That's the <laughs> gayest thing you could ever do in your life is put on khaki shorts and a fucking safari hat. And so it's like, he's not gay but you know <laughs> and, and so so I just think of that where I'm like Jeez. where I'm like you know this whole and, and it's just scared it's like these corporate like they just it's the line with, so the ha- thing that happened is the line between humor and hate got disappeared right yeah, yeah. so now everybody if it's even though it was supposed to be humor if it goes against what I believe you're automatically hating on me as opposed to just laughing at people is that why you think the entire co- uh, comedy fraternity and I don't want to say that because then it's excluding the comedians. But do you think that's why the comedy community uh, was so pissed off about the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing? Because comedians have felt like the people, like the people who uh, like hate what you're saying. And then Will Smith almost put like a face like, hey, if you don't like what somebody's saying, you can go smack them right in the mouth. And Will Smith is a pretty influential person. You think that's why all yeah. the comedians got on? on our, our, thing? our thing was like, or my thing was like, okay. So if 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 uh, if I say a wrong word, if I say if I was a comic, if I say a wrong word, you'll take my career away on Twitter. But if you go up and slap a comedian, you win an Oscar. So I was like, there's a double standard there. Where I was uh-huh. like, what is the thing? Like what? And also, it does give a license to some people to be like, oh, now I can just go hit somebody because of a joke. It's like, no, you can't. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, listen, I've told people like, you know, you want to come up. The thing is with me, I'm all about de-escalation. I'm Chris de-escalations. You come. <laughs> is that up, all the time or just in certain? Times of the day. Somebody usually. Well, it depends. It depends. <laughs> it all. It at night tonight. I'm Chrissy de-escalations. You come up onto my stage tonight. Just you're gonna get kissed softly on the lips. That's what's gonna happen to you. Or I don't know what. But I'm telling you, dude. I will fucking put you in a thing. I'll grab your balls. I'll do something because I'm not a fighter. You no. know what I mean? Yeah, you're I don't, de-escalator. I'm a de-escalator. And uh, you know, with this whole thing with the Will Smith Chris Rock thing, I was just like. You know, all, and even the joke, it's like, okay, fine. He made a joke. Uh, yeah, was it the best joke? No, but that Chris Rock wasn't intending it to be a home run. It's just like a throwaway mm-hmm. yeah. thing. Lighten the mood real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. And people, you know, ask me, they're like, what would, what would you do if, if that happened to you? And I'm like, honestly, dude, you slap me. And uh, if I was in Chris Rock's position and uh, presenting in a fucking award and Will Smith comes up and slaps me on national television, I'd come. That's what I would happen to I'd blow a load right in the back of his suit jacket. Chrissy, go, comes. Go rub that on Jada's head. Chrissy, crumbs. Jesus. Yeah. 
what are all the jokes about now? Because I assume COVID is something that has to be a hot topic because your crowd went yeah. through every, the same exact things that you went through, right? Yeah. So that's a pretty relatable thing. A lot of COVID stuff in the comedian world right now? I think right now, you know, you, you know, it was our obligation to get the COVID material out. A lot of comics are just starting to come back over the last few months, but you'll see the COVID jokes start waning. I mean, listen, if you're still doing jokes, you could do jokes about what your experience was in COVID or whatever, but, you know, if you're still doing jokes about like masks and things like that, it's a little like outdated. It's like kind of like doing comedy about Trump. It's like, dude, we get it. You know, we, <laughs> we get it. That was two years ago. We fucking, we, we get it. It's like the material... I think some certain audiences don't care, like whatever it is. But to comics, it's like, you know, we see you doing that stuff. for like, you're not writing, which is fine. I mean, dude, I got some COVID material. You might see it tonight in Indianapolis. Well, hey, 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 it's available. ChrisDayComedy.com. You also might see some Trump material. No, you guys like it here in Indianapolis. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. AJ. <laughs> I'm with What's you, brother. What's the new special? Is your huh? new special going on Netflix or what? So here's what happened. Okay, so this is true. Unfortunately, I, I made a special. Okay. Okay, I'm, I, I self-produced it. I'm Chrissy Self-Produces, Chrissy Self-Finance. I self-produced it at the Gramercy Theater. I shot it last month, and I said, I'm putting this on YouTube. I'm giving it to the people. I'm putting this on YouTube. The fans gave me everything. I'm giving it to the fans for freebies. And then my agent, who loves money, um, said, uh, shout out. That's in the name. Though, That's agent. in the name, yeah. yeah. He loves money. So he said, uh, "What? listen, this is a good special. You got shot it well. I, again, all the money out of my own pocket. I said, I'm, I'm willing to take the risk here. Um, I said, let me send it around. And then a company got involved and bought it. Now, he told me just 10 minutes ago, he goes, you can't say what company it is yet. Because hey, congrats, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you guys. Nice job, Amazon. Let me tell you guys. It's between. He said you can give them, I guess, here's the companies that are involved, AJ. It's between. HBO, okay. Amazon, Netflix, Al Jazeera, Disney Plus, <laughs> Hulu Plus, and History Vault. One of those Man, is on. History Vault is making a play. Yeah, yeah. what a move yeah. by All them. I'm saying is, here's, here's, here's what I'll say. All I'm saying is, on May 3rd, get ready to... And chill. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, congratulations. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm saying, baby. The whites are back. Woo! Self-edits. Uh, Chrissy edits, too. Did you Chrissy edit? edits. Chrissy everything. Dude, my guy, Man. my producer, shout out the homeless pimp, Mike Lavin. Um, the homeless pimp is, uh, he's my guy on Instagram at the homeless pimp. He's become everything, man. We, we film everything together. He edits my podcast. He edits the Hey Bay podcast. He edits Chrissy Chaos. He filmed and directed my whole comedy special. He's homeless. Uh, you do, you know fucking pay him. I know, dude. No, I, I would know. Dude, now he's got a percentage of the Patreon. So the kid's making some loot. Oh, <laughs> Patreon.com. Yeah, he wears sunflower pants all day. He corduroys. He's, uh, he looks like, listen, he's got autism and I love him. It, the, the thing is with, here's the thing. Here's what it is with, he, he truly does. It's on the spectrum. That, and that's what you need. One of you guys, I'm sure some of you guys back here yeah. are a little bit of spectrum. You oh, need I a am. Jewish agent and you need somebody on the spectrum on the ones and twos. Jesus. And that's how you have a powerful <laughs> life. It's true. I'm not saying, I, listen, you know what I mean? I'm on the spectrum a little bit. So is Chris Rock, by the way. If you notice, he never makes eye contact with people a little bit because I used to work with children on the spectrum when I was a pediatric physical therapist. So I notice when I see Chris Rock, I'm like, oh, he's a little bit, just a little bit on the spectrum. So I'm like, Will Smith hit a disabled man. Way to go, you piece of shit. <laughs> that's not getting talked about. That's not getting talked about. Not talked about, dude. Not getting talked about. Piece of garbage, dude. What is your, I assume you're running back and forth on the stage when you do shows and you're not standing still. Is this a, are you a mover and a groover up there? I move. I usually like to move around a little bit. I'm in and out of the crowd. I got my material, but I, 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 here's how I feel. I feel if you're coming to a live show, then I got to give you a live show. Oh, Chrissy Crowdwork. Chrissy, uh, yeah, but Hell Chrissy yeah. Crowdwork, but to a point, listen, 
and people are paying money. You know what I mean? It's a theater. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I got to give them my material, but I, I, you know, I got to keep them. Uh, it's not, it's not a Broadway show. Like, you know what I mean? I want to interact with you guys a little bit. I like to just be on my toes. I'm Chrissy Twinkle Toes when I'm up there. I really? A, dude, and I'm telling you, I, my op- I told you, Pat, my app, my opener uh, tonight, or my guy I work with, I don't like saying opener. I feel like that can be, you know, my mm-hmm. guy who I work with, he Sergio, shout out Sergio Chacon. Hey, shout, shout out. Shout out. Sergio, Sergio. Chacon, Puerto Rico guy from Lower East Side, used to beat up drug dealers for money. Yeah. Now he works with me. So, um, which he probably makes more money beating up the drug dealers, but what can you do? <laughs> That's it. Well, pick up the pace, Indianapolis. This kid will get paid. Um, so, Why not? Because he's not. So uh, he missed his flight tonight. Uh, so he's not coming to the show. So I have nobody to work with. So if you're a comic out there in Pat. Indianapolis area, tweet me at Christy Comedy or DM me on the grams, on the socials, and I'll come on, you know, whatever. If I if I like it, or, I mean, just whatever. Message me. Maybe you'll come on the show tonight at the Egyptian Room, Old National Center, and also bring 500 people because we got some seats open. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do that. I'll be in Milwaukee, uh, but there will be a lot of local comedians, I assume, hitting you up. There's Please. A, there's a good comedy scene here. No, I know, man. Indianapolis, there was a guy I knew here, Sean Latham, the $20 yeah, chef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my boy. And uh, he, when first time I came to Indianapolis, I performed at Morty's, which is above a taco joint. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out Morty's, man. Great Somehow food. I'm selling less tickets at the old National Center. Um, <laughs> Morty's had those quesadillas. Oh, oh yes. my God. It's a Panera. That's really cheesesteak in the Panera. greater metro area. <laughs> but, dude, when I came, I mean, the, the Indianapolis kids were great. <laughs> Ty worked there. I did. Did you used to work there? Yeah. At Morty's? Nice, yeah, for dude. a little bit. Yeah, the guy that ran that, I forgot what his name was. He was a monster maniac. Well, a couple of them. Yeah. A couple, yeah. I, don't, yeah I don't know who it was, but it was fun. Listen, that, kid works here. that's one of those things. <laughs> Bill's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. your dad own Morty's? One of them, yeah. There's multiple. Or, what know? happened to it? Well, you, you saw how it's a Chick Fil A. It's a Chick Fil A. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, were having, they were having a good time there. Yeah, that was um that um hotel that they kept you at, which was across the street from the mall. There was a human tooth in the sink when I went in there. I swear to God, I remember that. Someone probably got murdered tooth. there. Yeah. yeah, and I remember. It. And then and then I was supposed to do the Bob and Tom show, and that owner of the club just never picked me up. <laughs> and then. And, <laughs> I was just waiting oh, in the no. park line. He never picked me up, and I had to take an Uber there. <laughs> they didn't mean to. Yeah, oh, yeah. they didn't no. know. Yeah, and they didn't even apologize. He was like, "Yeah, I forgot." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> the impersonation. Yeah. I was like, yeah, "Dude, welcome to Indianapolis." <laughs> dude, it was wild. Uh, I forgot what that that guy's definitely dead. There's no way that guy's, that guy's alive. What was his name? Boozer or Bo- his name was something dumb. Bounce bonkers. Oh, dude, that kid. That kid was. That guy was wild. Godfather. I think it was Bowser. They all great intentions. They all great intentions. They're all good people. Oh no no all, no! Listen, all good Bowser, people. I, I, Bowser's they had, a good guy. No, they had good energy, but I was like, yeah, dude, don't come back here. <laughs> Bill was actually the manager of that place. Was. Uh, Were you? Yeah. yeah, Bill kept that place afloat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was not Bowser. No. No. Yeah, his name's Bowers. He's a good guy. Bowers, yeah, good, good guy. But I thought, <laughs> dude, he was one of the first people I thought of when COVID. I said, this guy's not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> but he made it through, dude. So, see, it's not real then. No, he's getting in good shape. He's actually yeah. lost weight. Oh, did he? Oh, good for him. Yeah, yeah, nice, good. dude. Uh, yeah, uh, he got lost a little weight. There's some things that are just for us. Yeah. You know? That one. Right. Well, you, you know what I mean? You go a little inside baseball once in a while. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Chrissy inside baseball. Chrissy inside baseball, baby. Are you a baseball fan now? Yeah, Yankees. Here we go. Yikes. Here we go, boys. Stink. You guys can't even get a deal done there. Cole. And Josh, yeah. what's the deal? Whoops. You guys are dead. 
Dude, the Yankees are, I mean, yeah, the last couple of years has just been upsetting. And the Mets now, you know, on paper, they look good. And now it's just like everybody gets hurt. Dude, you know what's crazy about comedy, too, is diehard Yankee fan. My father's from the Bronx, um, so Yankees. But I did a private uh, gig last summer for Steve Cohen. The I heard those are terrible. Movie. Are they terrible, those private gigs? Dude, first of all, yesterday I did a private gig in a movie theater in Levittown, Long Island. The day before, I find that I just got a comedy special bought and then the next day I'm in a fucking movie theater in the parking lot <laughs> in Levittown, Long Island. I had to follow a bald eagle. They did the color guard and then they had a bald oh, eagle flyer. Oh, did it land? Yeah, did dude, the, the eagle land or not? Eagle landed. It was sick. People were going crazy. <laughs> Patriots. And then I come up there doing comedy. The bald eagle got paid twice as much as me, 100%. <laughs> and, and, hey, not all eagles can land. There's a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah, tech yeah. and don't make them mission. Uh, no, dude, this one landed. Yeah, and um, and uh, so so um, I did this corporate gig last summer for Steve Cohen, and they uh, they I, I, the gig I get there, and it was literally it was like ten guys. You know, Steve Cohen's a billionaire, right? And his billionaire friends is like ten guys. They don't know there's comedy. His like wife or manager, or whatever, put it together. They have no idea there's comedy going on. It's like his 60th birthday party. The last thing they want, if like, if you're going to do comedy for billionaires, it better be Jerry Seinfeld or just have strippers. Like they want some 36 year old idiot comedian that has a podcast. They don't know what the hell's going on. No microphone, nothing. They're standing. I, they, they just tell me to, the guy who runs the event tells me to stand at the end of the table. I'm like, okay, no microphone, nothing. Now I just have to start talking like, Hey, I'm the comedian. Steve's like, what? They were eating crab cakes, right? <laughs> Tommy Matola, who was, um, hey, yeah, Tommy Matola, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he, you know, big record guy. He was Mariah Carey's, uh, uh, Mariah Carey's ex-husband, and uh, he's they're eating crab cakes, and somehow I don't know who, how, all of a sudden I'm doing jokes, and a crab cake hits me right in the chest. I get up, I'm like, holy shit, did somebody just nail me with the crab cake? Tommy Matola is dying laughing, and then so I try to make a part of the show. I'm like, Tommy, that's so funny. I said, I'm, I'm such a, I said I was such a, a fan of of your ex wife. I had a, I had her poster up in my uh, in my uh, uh, locker uh, in school, and he was like, yeah, we also a fan of cock. I was like, no, and, <laughs> and then that killed, and then, and, then, and then I was just like, Ugh. and then so I start doing bits, and then Steve Cohen goes, you know, these get here's the thing with these corporate gigs is they suck they really do suck but you make serious money i've right? heard nothing but terrible things about these things Dude, aside from the money corporate gigs and college gigs are the same thing survive in advance it's the same <laughs> thing you just survive in advance baby it's like get the money get home swallow your pride just do it get home because the real comedy is like the theaters tonight or the comedy clubs mm-hmm. that's the art or whatever but this is like you just got to make money so I'm doing, I do the gig, I'm, I'm doing the, in the middle of it, and then Steve cuts me off. They're serving dinner, like, I'm not going to be funnier than fucking $100 grab picks, <laughs> and I can't compete with this. So Steve stops me in the middle, he goes, how long did my wife tell you to do? How long did you get booked for? I said, 30 minutes. He goes, I'll double your pay to do half that right now. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, he goes, I'm going to double it right now. He goes, but the half, he stops the show. He goes, the half, he goes, but you got to make me laugh. He goes, you got to make me laugh at least a couple of times in the next 10 minutes. And he just goes, go. And then, so then I just stick it. And now I'm doing my Letterman set. Then I just go in and I'm doing David Letterman set. I'm doing just a material. And I got him to laugh a few times. And dude, right then and there, just gave me a check for double that, gave it to me. I was like, okay. And then I got paid from whatever the corporation is supposed to pay me. So I'm honest. I was like, hey, and Steve's people, like he said, just keep it. Dude, he the, the he doesn't get, remember paying you. He's yeah. just like, just do it. And then his son, shout out Josh Cohen, uh, was at the event and messages me. He goes, dude, like we, I had so much fun because I didn't realize 
I had signed an NDA saying I would never speak about the Steve Cohen gig. I didn't know that I even signed it. You know, you just signed shit. I'm like, yeah, whatever. The very uh -oh. next day on the podcast, I immediately start talking about the Steve Cohen thing. <laughs> Naming names, crab cakes, Tommy Mottola. I'm going bang, 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 bang. And then they hear it. And then all of a sudden, I get frantic calls from my agent. They're like, delete the podcast, delete podcast. I'm like, I'm not deleting the podcast. What are you talking about? They're like, you signed an NDA. Steve Cohen's lawyers are on the phone. They're going to sue your balls off. You're mentioning all this stuff. I'm like, I didn't know. I thought like, I'm doing a podcast. I talk about my life. And then I'm like, shit, sweating. I'm like, should I delete it? I'm like, fuck that. I'm not deleting it. I'm not going to lose this HelloFresh money. So, <laughs> so I said, so I said, um, I'm not deleting it. And then I go to my Instagram and I have DMs from... Steve Cohen's wife, Steve Cohen's daughter, and Steve Cohen's son, all with, dude, we just heard the podcast, hilarious, we're listening to it, we're dying, my dad's dying, we love it, come out to a Mets game. So I screenshot that and send it to my agent. I'm like, what are you talking about? These people love it. They backed off immediately. The lawyers just were like, they heard uh, violation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steve had no idea. And then I go to- So the, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Yeah. They nah, how about this? On, then they, I got this on my Instagram. They invite me to so the Mets cool game. They are? <laughs> they are cool. They invite me to the Mets game like two weeks later. It's a rain delay. So Steve Cohen goes, get up and start doing comedy. <laughs> they put me on the Jumbotron. I'm, I was wearing a flowered shirt. Uh, nothing worse than bombing in a Tommy Bahama shirt to 10,000 angry Mets fans. They're like, dude, I want to see DeGrom, not this fucking idiot. And just bombing hard. But Steve dying laughing, dying laughing. And, and then we've maintained like a relationship. Like, dude, his son is like a legitimate friend of mine. Like, I, Hey, I, let's go Mets. Let's yeah. go Mets, baby. Come on, Mets. Dude, I went to high school with Mike Baxter, the guy that saved Johan Santana's no-hitter. Hey, let's go Mets! I, I went to Mets. high school with Mike Baxter and the Cannibal Cop is another guy I went to high school. I don't know if Hell he's... It's Google two story. There was this cop in New York that uh, he was saying that he was using his... Um, NYPD database to like track and want to eat women, but it was all just a big joke. And, uh, so he's fucking. Uh, that, that was my bits. homebrew. That Let's guy's doing bits. bits. That's doing a lot of bits. Yeah. What a lot yeah. of bits. Yeah. Yeah. cannibal, baby. All right, uh, let's get to. I want to eat you, AJ. Oh jeez. We'll be back in four minutes. All right, uh, with more Chrissy chaos. I mean, absolutely electrifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. lightning rod. Yeah. Thank you, bubs. You are. You always like this. You do a lot of drugs. No drugs. Zero drugs in my life. Alcohol. Uh, not in the last 18 days. Okay. I've, been, I've been sober the last 18 days. A lot of iced coffee. I've been fucking lighting up cold brews like you can't imagine, dude. I'm wearing a du Yo, dude, I'm going to shit myself. What is that? Iced tea? What is that? That's what my piss looks like. No, wow. Well, it's, it's green tea. Go yeah. to the doctor. Ooh, <laughs> little green tea. Get nice. this guy water. It's water. Yeah, it's healthy, man. Also, you need to stay hydrated, man, hey. if this is what your fucking piss looks like. You hear me? Mix in a couple of these, Chrissy. Whoa. Chrissy Gatorade. dehydrated, dude. I know, dude. Shouldn't be pissing orange. Just yeah, real quick, do you so and AJ you know each other? You and AJ? I've never met AJ. I mean, you know, fan, you know, you've lost my father some money and won my father some money. He's a gambling addict. Chris, um, I did have a question. Yes. Did you have supportive parents growing up and are they supportive now? My parents, uh, yes. Well, my parents, my mother, with comedy, not so much. My father, <laughs> yes. My father just supported anything. So the story of my mom and dad, my father, truthfully, true story, was a criminal. Like in and out of prison uh, my whole life. I told you his nickname was Tony Balls. And then my mother was an Ivy League graduate. So my mother was like very intelligent woman. Very hey, your dad could talk. That's what, they met at a walkathon. Yes, your dad could talk. Yes, so my dad, they met, my, just a true story. My mother was walking in the walkathon, uh, raising money, I think for like breast cancer or something. And my father was doing community service on the side of the walkathon, like prison release community service. And they started talking. And next thing you know, they hook up and then they have me. And so 
you know, my mother's being educated, Ivy League graduate. She was like, go get school. She was so happy that I graduate school, whatever. But my dad, like, always wanted to be, like, shortstop for the Yankees. So when I was like, <laughs> I want to do com, but I was, you know, the only problem was he was in federal prison in his prime years. <laughs> um, that was the only issue. Is, uh, you know, he used a baseball Man, bat. he was a talker, though. Could you oh, imagine yeah. how good of a talker your Dude, dad is? Tony Ball, first of all, my pops, <laughs> here's the thing with my dad, is truthfully, like a great guy. But, you know, nowadays, like, he, you know, forget it you you know his political opinions and the way he talks he'd be like what a nightmare that guy is he's toxic it's like my father's one of the he's got a good heart you know what i mean he's, right intention wrong move like for example here's a suit like in 2012 when hurricane sandy hit um staten island new york it ravaged new york my father was taking in a family my father took in a, a, a latino family that lived down by the water it's a pretty latino neighborhood down there that got ravaged my father took them in got a, a penske truck and was like moved them in was taking the kids back and forth to school the father of the family his name was juan my dad was calling him jose and it's just like whatever you know but some you know woke kid was like how could you say that you know my dad would be like oh don't steal the silverware like doing old dad hack jokes but he's paying for their college and you know taking them in so he's just a misunderstood like here's what i learned from my father like this is a true story this is what and it my father's literally scared of no one which is is a really cool thing to see because he i mean first of all now i mean he's on dialysis he's like 75 years old on dialysis fat as shit but he could think he, could, he would think he'd come in here and be like i'll fucking beat the shit out of all of you know which he can barely move but like my parents got divorced when I was one, rightfully so. My mother made a great choice. And <laughs> fantastic choice. Ivy League. She was like, yeah. this is not Tony Balls? No. <laughs> I, I graduated from Dartmouth, sweetie. So, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so my dad but was always very kind to my mom, even though divorce. And my mother, when I was 15, started dating this guy. Uh, and they, you know, uh, she really loved him or whatever. And then he dumped her and started dating a woman who lived directly across the street from my house. Like oh, directly, no. like this the, son of a like bitch. that house. Yeah, piece of shit, right? So my mother, being all upset, would like sit at the window and like cry, like wait, oh, like no. she'd be like heartbreaking. Is, is he gonna? Is that guy gonna go in there? Or whatever. So my father would come and pick me up every Saturday, whether a basketball game or a baseball game. He'd come pick me up. He'd come, and great dad. Oh, never missed a weekend seeing me and. I'm playing video games in my room, just like an idiot. And um, and my mother's crying. And my dad walks in. He goes, what's up, Lynn? And then she goes, no, nothing, Tony, whatever, nothing. And he goes, okay. And then he comes to my room and goes, what's going on with your mother? Why is she crying? I was like, that guy, oh, fucking John, dumped her and is dating the woman across the street. He was like, you going to do something about that? I was like, I'm 15 years old. I have psoriasis. What, you, what, could I, what do you mean, what am I going to do about that? He goes, you're just going to let your mother cry like that? I was like, what do you want me to do? He goes, I'll be right back. Don't come outside. I swear to God. So I was like, okay. So I was like, I'm going to wait two minutes and then immediately come outside. <laughs> I go outside. I, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm like waiting. And then a minute later, I hear my mother screaming. She opened up the window. She goes, Tony, Tony, stop. You're going to kill him. My dad was beating the shit out of the guy. Out. He had rang the bell. 100% true story had rang the bell, this guy had come outside and he just starts beating his ass. And I run down the stairs and I'm standing at the top of the stairs and my father's walking back with like blood on his hands and chest. Like I felt like Karen from Goodfellas, you yeah. know, which is like, yes. hide the gun! Yeah. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes up and he goes, that was your job! I was like, what are you talking about? I'm 50 years old, I'm scared of ghosts. Like, I'm going to beat up a grown man. And then we were driving 
to my game, sitting in traffic three hours later. And then it was always the same thing, right intention, wrong move. Because he was like, you know, Chris, you know that was wrong of me. I shouldn't have done that, right? I was like, yeah, I know. Mom knows the police now. I was like, we all know you shouldn't have done that. And he goes, yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, instead of, you know, cry, instead of playing video games, go comfort your mother. That's what men do. And I was like, okay. And then when I... Tony Ball. Yeah, yeah Balls, legend. Dude, and he's taught me so fucking much because... Now, my situation, I have two girls, I have two, I have two daughters, and um, you know, me and her mom, we were split up, then we got back together, had our second kid, Puerto Rican's baby, love it, and uh, <laughs> I got two Puerto Rican kids, and, um, and, but when we broke up, my, that, my father, he was like, Adam, and he was like, listen, I don't care what happened between you two, the children are your responsibility always, which of course I knew he goes, but more so, that's the mother of your kids forever. So you always respect her, never talk bad about her, and I don't care what she says to you, I don't care if she calls you names, I don't care if she sues you, I don't give a fuck. You stand there and you be the example. And I was like, okay, and he showed me that. You know, he was like always just a great example of like what a co-parent is, but you know, he's got a criminal record and you know, not, you know. Quick follow up. Yeah. Would you beat up the neighbor across the street here in a little bit? Because, uh, you know, if something was to happen, are you back? You're back with the. Let's mo- just say I de escalate, is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a Not, kiss. Start jerking him off. We got to calm down. Uh, yeah, we're back. To, so what happened was, is, you know, we, we had our child. It's a crazy story, right? So we met. At this bar. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Two kids. Yeah. You have kids? Uh, no, not kids, yet. Kids, yeah. So we got we got two kids. We got two beautiful kids. Two beautiful girls. My sperm's gay, and I um, <laughs> I'm only gonna make girls. That's what it is. I'm only gonna make girls. And um, <laughs> two. He's only had two kids. Two babies. <laughs> There's people that have like eight. And mm-hmm. then like, nah, you never dude. know. It's gonna be girl. I'm telling you. I just know. And so. That's dude, a good thing, though. Oh, yeah. Man, dude, are you kidding you me? I love princesses. Princess. Pussy power. So, <laughs> you take a stand. I like every time I say something like offensive, AJ just looks away. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> if it gets screenshot and AJ was like, yeah. I assume you're. He's just Chris, a side profile. Dad, does your dad get offended by some of these some of these uh, comics that may work blue these days? No. Do you think my dad doesn't get offended by anything? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Tony Balls, no, dude. dude. My dad's the only one clapping it up. He's like, that's my fucking kid. Dude, here's, let me tell you. More who, of that. Let me tell you who my father is, okay? When I graduated from, uh, get my doctorate degree in physical therapy, real, I mean, you know, prim and proper ceremony. These people get in doctorates, you know, uh, nice, prestigious school, NYIT in, uh, in Long Island. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice, nice thing, right? All, you know, Chuck Schumer, Senator Chuck Schumer in New York is giving the speech. And then they have, they had a priest come up and, and say some words. They had um, a Jewish rabbi come up and say some words. And then they had a, a Muslim, uh, what do you call a Muslim priest? Like a Muslim, um, um, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, uh, God. Five white guys trying to figure this out. Imam. Uh, imam. An imam. Uh, an imam. imam. So an imam comes up it. and he's yeah. giving, a, giving a speech in, in Arabic, right? And it's, you know, dead silent, whatever. And, you know, just everyone's just listening as they did to the, to the priest <laughs> and the rabbi. And then all of a sudden from the back row, there must have been a thousand people there. He says his prayer in Arabic, and then there's a pause when it's over, and my dad just yells, Hakuna Matata! <laughs> oh, and I, the, every, everybody, everybody turned around except me. I faced forward because I knew that was my fucking dad. I got a punchline for this. Yeah, honey balls. That's awesome. Yeah, no, because so, no, AJS, that, so he's that, that's the kind of guy. He's, again, mortifying, but he thought it was fun. And then, I mean, my mother's screaming at him, you know, his wife screaming at him, but I was like kind of giggling. <laughs> AJ, great question. Thank you. Thank you, AJ. Thank you so much Thank for you, that. Uh, do you watch sports? A lot of sports? Sure. Yeah, you, you like the Yankees, obviously, but you're friends with the Mets. How about football? Are you Giants, Jets? Giants. Fans? 
Yeah, they well, stink, yikes. huh? Or what? It's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Where it's like you know, literally the last couple. Our season's been over in late September. Every time <laughs> we're just like, yeah, it's done. And uh, listen, I'm I'm always I'm you know I love I love the teams. I'll always support. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it is the last couple. It's been getting hard because it's like you know New York used to be the thing. Like you know you want to play in New York. An athlete wants to play in New York. But now I feel like it doesn't matter. Now it's like why do I want to pay the New York taxes? Mm-hmm. Why do I want to? I, I just feel like it, it doesn't. Hey, feel, is New York dead? No, well, listen. It, New York. Why? Was, do, why do people want to move and live in a tiny little box yeah. and walk in shitty subways yeah. when you can go and afford a much larger place yep. and a much better weather? Is is New York City the allure of New York City dead? Do you think? Uh, for me, I'm going to say no, but it's my home. I will say, Bill De Blasio, who was the old mayor, ruined New York. I mean, this guy. I mean, literally at the same time he was leaving, being a mayor, is when the Russia Ukraine war started and that the mayor Klitschko of Kiev was out there with an AK-47 like defending his city I was like dude if that was Bill de Blasio he'd be on his knees sucking Putin's cock (laughs) like this guy was the biggest pussy of all time and he made our city go to shit but now Eric Adams is in there who's a former NYPD guy and his whole thing is a black guy too which is great for New York City he's like I'm my goal is to get New York City back to the way it was so he supports the police they support him because the bottom line is yes things need to change of course there's always about form and all this but the defunding is like you can't do that in new york city we need police and the communities that get the most ravaged support the police and a lot of the communities that get the, get get in the most trouble are the you know african latino communities they're like fucking getting that's where the crime's happening and we're like and we're saying defund and they're like no we don't want it to fund we want the police presence so eric adams has been very vocal about that be like we're gonna get our neighborhoods back again so new york is getting a lot better um, and I'm I'm telling you, dude, New York, we're 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 already back, but it's like coming. It's it's, it's going to be good. He gave a speech on election night. That Did was, he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. Electrifying. Uh, yeah. Well, I think no. A lot of people outside were looking in because I love going to New York City. I yeah. enjoy it. I can never live there. I can never live there, but I enjoy going there and seeing it. And it feels like I don't want to say similar to L.A. because L.A. seems dead. Yeah. Altogether, but New York, you go, it's like man, it's the same, yeah. but it's not. It's like yeah. New York has to be, remain something. Almost. Yeah, I think that it, it is true, and and the taxes are like insane. Like you do price like now, Eric Adams, he's been saying like, oh, we want Flor- Flor- uh, half the city moved to Florida, and it's like I get it. Like, what do you want to go? Why would you want to live in New York? Florida's got you know n- no state income tax. You know they 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 seem like normal people. Like down, like New York got a little crazy, like especially with the pandemic and all that. It got a little nuts. Where it was like now we're not even being logical. Like why are there masks on two year olds? Like what's going on? But now but it's all changing a oh, little bit. Now, just a little bit. It's changing. Jesus. Yeah. Well, the mask conversation just. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. You just got the cowboy all fucked yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. I no. wore Fucking mask. Never, yeah. dude. Yeah, he <laughs> would, uh, by the way, if he had to. We, yeah. That is been, yeah, yeah, no, no. Photograph. I was in New York. Yeah. I, was I in am New- a spineless uh, No, yeah. I, I was in New York, what was that, three weeks ago? Two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Damn. Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn yeah. two weeks That ago. feels like two years ago. Yeah. I was in Brooklyn two weeks ago, and I hadn't Ubered in a long time. Uh-huh. I haven't gone anywhere where I've needed to Uber, <laughs> so I had to wear a mask in the Uber. So I took a, uh, a pillowcase sure, from my yeah. hotel room yeah. and tied it around my head, <laughs> and I used that as a mask, and I was able to get into the thing. Yeah. I was like, do you not think I'm a crazy person getting into your Uber right now? Like, this is, it was wild that it was still happening, but I guess that's happening everywhere. No, so. dude, they, they, I'm telling you, man, they, New York is it, now the logic is coming back just a little bit now i took an uber in the you know to the jfk airport this morning no no mask like the person wasn't letting me in like i, I believe I was, it like it was like almost no, yeah. very angry at me i'm like all right so i turn around and walk back inside 
go to my room, grab a pillowcase. He's like, yeah, now you're allowed in my... I'm like, I look like a fucking maniac. <laughs> Why would you let me in here? I know. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about your uh, stand-up. Uh, what's the pre-show routine? You drink it all? No, you said you haven't drank in 18 I days. I haven't drank, yeah. But, uh, normally, no. Um, what's my pre-show routine? Um, nap? Super energy? Nap, you gotta be super energized Super up energized. Um, jerk off into a bag of Fritos. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Watch a little sports little center. Zesty shows. Yeah. Little zesty shows. Yeah, you know, just uh, you rub one out, you gotta get the energy down a little bit. I usually like to walk to the venue, no matter how far it is, I like to just walk, and then I'll, you know, take an Uber back or walk back if it's a, if it's a nice area. Um, go listen to the set from the night before a little bit, and I personally, like, I like to just go up there I only know how I'm going to start and end. I, I and everybody's different. Some of my peers, they have, they know everything that's going to happen. They know what they're going to say at minute 32. Not me. My brain, I'm like, I need to be in the on my toes. So I'm like, here we're going to start. Here's how we're going to end. And then in the middle, I figure it out, man. It's like a dry cleaner nice. thing. I'm just picking jokes off. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead, Ty. Are there like younger comedians that are really coming up right now? Because I know like we asked that and like you're, I guess, considered, you know, an up and comer, if you will. But you're you're not, you know, 25. Like are there young? Yeah. Is that is that still desirable for young people to try to actually break into comedy? I would say, man. Getting into stand up now, it, it, it's very difficult. I would say because you know, listen, I I have no choice. I've been doing it ten years now. My whole family, you know, I have I have to come up here every night with a suitcase full of anxiety and depression and figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> My girl wants to be a spin instructor, so I'm like, that's great, honey. But you know, that sh- it better start shitting out Bitcoin because we're behind <laughs> on the mortgage. So I got to go to Indianapolis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, great city, great city. So great, great city, city. Love great Indianapolis. City. Shout love out, come to the show tonight. Out. Bring your yeah, bring your entire school. So, so I think now, because what ha- what's happened now with comedy is, you know, it's very fractionalized. Like it, it, it's 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 all broken up into like these different fractions. Where it used to be, you get on a TV show, you get a sitcom, get in a movie. That's the route. That is not the route anymore. Now it's like. Yeah, sitcoms are fine, but it's like you, nobody's going to see it. You're not going to make any money. That's just what it is. It's podcasting. It's the internet. It's getting on uh, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all these things. And they're but giving what, away a lot of material too, right? Giving away a lot of material and the money. You make the money up on you know podcast ads, Patreon, ticket Tickets, sales, merch. that merch, all that. So, you know. But I think that there still is some of my peers think that there's still the old route works. And it's like, it's all smoke and mirrors. Like, I can tell you like, oh, I just got on this TV show. And it's like, nobody cares. Nobody sees it. They see this. They see this show. No, They'll see podcasts. Dude, come on, dude. The 100% they are. They see. <laughs> on a Friday. I guarantee you, dude. I, gar- my, I guarantee you when I get back to the hotel, my grinder's going to be lit up because they saw me on the show. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm happy we can be a part of it. Yeah, yeah no, let's dude, go. Yeah. But but uh, I think that I think the wing it's beautiful, too. and I think that now it's like you gotta really, really, really be like your own company. Like I've, you know, pr- that's the whole world, by the way, not just comedy. Yeah, you used to go like, oh, I have a meeting with a production company. It's like for what, dude? My homeless, my guy, homeless pimp is a fucking walking production company. He edits, he films. He, if I have an idea, I put it on the internet. Let the people decide. Yeah. That's where the money comes second. That's one thing that I I went into comedy in when I first started in 2009. I had mono in eighth grade and my mother had gout in her toe we were really oh, sexy and, uh, yeah she had gout in her toe so we were like laid up on the couch the both of us and i remember watching oprah because my mother used to watch it and like i said i'm in the closet so i we're watching oprah and i remember she said oprah to one of her guests she goes you know the money comes second 
the passion's first, the money's second. And I see a lot of my peers chasing the money, and I'm like, that shit will always come second. So I'm just, you know, like, look, dude, I came, you know, when I came to Indianapolis, Morty, shout out Bowser's. When I came to Morty's, you know, I knew I was going to make any money, but I wanted the opportunity. I wanted to try to get my jokes out. And like now the money's coming in for me, but it's taken 10 years. But I'm happy about it because my peers who get slingshot into, you know, off some viral TikTok or whatever, that stand up is the ultimate equalizer. Jerry Seinfeld himself only gets five minutes to be Jerry Seinfeld. After that, it wears off. They get comfortable with the ideas there. Now you better be funny. You can bomb. At the Comedy Cell in New York City, you'll see the greats of the greats go down in flames trying new material because the crowd eventually doesn't care. So you can get away with it once, maybe even twice, but the third time an audience comes to see you, you're doing the same stuff. You're bombing. It's not, you're not comfortable. The tickets go less and less and less. You see it. You see it all the time. So backbone is my stand-up, and that's what I'm happy about. And that's why I think, for me, respect for my peers, like a guy like Segura, means more than money. Because it's like, I know. One time somebody said something to me, which was like the greatest compliment of all time. He was like, I think that you're a guy. And he was, he, this guy's a very well-known comedian. He goes, I think that you're a guy who you'd be funny and you'd make it in any era, not just an internet era. Hey, that's a huge And I was like, that's a huge one. His name is Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. What can you do? That's a true story. I swear to God. No, this is true. Did he hug you? I know he's not big on the touching. No, here's what happened. April. No, dude. Are you kidding me? I would have fucking blown a load. Um, <laughs> April. That's the last gay joke. I apologize. Um, April 20, in April of 2020, I get a call from a random number. Random number. I didn't know who the hell it was. And I pick it up. And he's like, hey, uh, is this Chris? I go, yeah. He goes, it's Jerry. And I was like, Jerry who? And he goes, Jerry Seinfeld. I, was, I thought it was Pete Davidson. You know, we're friends. Uh, <laughs> did he, like did he per- say you got time to get some coffee? No. I've seen this a hundred oh, times. Yeah. No, so what happened was, is, is, again, April 2020 pandemic had hit. And so he goes, um, he goes, it's Jerry Seinfeld. I said, Pete, shut up. I thought it was genuinely him doing impersonation. Uh-huh. And he goes, who's Pete? I was like, this isn't PDD. And he was like, no. He goes, I got your number. This is Jerry Seinfeld. I got your number from Colin Quinn. Now, Colin Quinn is, you know, New York yeah. City legend, took me under his wing when I first started, like was a mentor to me and still is. And he gave Jerry my number because Jerry Seinfeld's, I think, kid had I, I, something that I did went viral. It's called Chris Stefano's 9-11 story. I went on stage at the Comedy Cellar on 9-11 in like 2019, drunk off my ass and just did a set that what happened was is everybody was going up and bombing on 9-11 at the Comedy Cellar because I felt like nobody's calling in the elephant out in the room. It's we're at the Comedy Cellar. 9-11, you know, greatest tragedy in American history happened five minutes from here. Nobody's addressing it. So I just went up there and I was just like, listen, I'm not eating hummus today. I'm not going to have hummus. Not today. And it, got like, and, it, and it got like a big laugh. It broke the room open. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you what happened to me on 9-11. And then I tell this story and it went viral and Seinfeld's kids saw it. And then... Jerry told me, he goes, um, he goes, listen, that, he goes, I, I, I wish I was doing comedians in cars getting coffee. He goes, because you'd be a, a great guest. He goes, but unfortunately the show's over. And I was like, well, bring it back just for me. He goes, no. <laughs> so, and then he says to me, he goes, listen, he goes, I know with comedy, it's very difficult to know if you're going the right way, the wrong way. He goes, just look at me. He goes, you know, I've had a pretty successful career. I was like, I'd say so. He goes, um, just look at me as a guy, like, like a sign that says, keep going this way. He's like, you're going the right way up the mountain. Just keep following whatever 
whatever you're doing, keep doing it because you have, he told, he's a big baseball fan. He goes, you're a five tool player. I was like, whoa, oh. like a little Mike Trout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was like, I think you have the five tools. He goes, but you know, you should clean it up a little bit. Stop with the gay stuff. Stop with, not, not these, he was like, stop with the, not everything has to be a gay joke after the hundredth gay joke I've done today. He goes, not everything has to be that, but See? I get it. He goes, we all have things we do. Cause to him, I'm still early in my career. I've been doing it 10 years, but to him, he's like, you're still a rookie dude. Like they say, you don't find your voice till 15 years in comedy. That's why most of the comedians you've ever heard of, Bill Burr, Louis C.K., 40s. You, you start hearing about these guys in their 40s. So I'm at 37 now, so I'm hoping by the time in my 40s, I'm like at those guys' level or, or somewhere close. And uh, so, so when Seinfeld called me, that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, shit. Okay, like I got like a lot of confidence. And, that, and, and really was after that where I was like, anything I do, I'm going in with confidence. I'm not going to worry about what my peers think or whatever. I'm going for the fans. And, you know, since then, man, really, like my whole everything has changed wow. for me. Yeah, hey. so it's it's cool. Hey, yeah. it's an honor to hear that story. Yeah, and, uh, really we're is. very thankful that you mm -hmm. stopped in here. Yeah, I uh, hope you crush it tonight in Indianapolis. Tickets still available at chrisdcomedy.com. Oh, are they available? <laughs> There's numerous. There's numerous, but who knows, man? You maybe, get an aisle. Dude, you maybe you you maybe uh, help me out. Maybe maybe nah. they, maybe they're not. Dude. I'm telling you, dude. Let's see. How many? How many are open? Like for real? For real? Uh, I think I think the venue holds. What did I say? Twelve, thirteen hundred. I've sold seven hundred, so five hundred probably available. It's not uh, bad. Denver tomorrow. Denver tomorrow. I think there's 1,900 tickets. There's like 1,700 sold. So yeah, Denver, Indi you're gonna have to get on Denver. Those Indi are gonna sell out. Indianapolis will be a big. Oh, what are we doing tonight? Oh, yeah, Chris and yeah. Chrissy D's here, baby. Indianapolis is mm -hmm. a big one of those towns. And I may oh. have no opener. I may have no. I may just be coming out and doing 90 minutes, just me, and, unless somebody tweets me or DMs me. AJ Hawk can make it. AJ, you can AJ, drive. What Where does AJ live? Ohio. There we get. What got part a big of Ohio? Game in Columbus. Columbus. Colu Dude, I was just in Columbus at, at the end of December at um. Did you go? One of the theaters there. What was the Wherever theater like it was. The, the Palace or the Yes, theater? the Palace. And we stayed in the hotel and that dude, Columbus gets wild. I liked I liked that. Dance floor is there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Real wild in Columbus. Guns. Oh yeah. Uh we gotta get out of here. AJ, uh, great show. Thank you. Uh Chrissy D, I can't wait to hear how your weekend in Indy and Denver go. Hopefully I'll drop dead. <laughs> Don't say that. No. You're on the right way. No. Yeah, you're on the, the right way. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay alive. Jeez. Yeah. Tone Diggs, great work on T4. Both episodes today. Talks the table. Appreciate you. All the boys in the back, thank you so much for this week. To Coach Vrabel, who stopped by yesterday and was electrifying, I appreciate that. Dana White, Chris Stefano, Bobby Wagner, all the guests we had this week. You all are the best. Use the hashtag uh, PMS Feel Good Friday Chaos. Okay, roll Chrissy Chaos. Use it, baby. Yeah, hashtag PMS Feel Good Friday Chaos. Take a screenshot right now. Tweet that. Say something nice to somebody. Uh, we'll give away another Bitcoin. Ooh. Yeah, to wrap up this beautiful week, uh, we can't thank you all enough for watching and allowing this to be our profession. You're the greatest humans of all time. We'll see you Monday. Cheers. Cheers.